You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this edition of this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. Oh, it's a little toasty in the studio. We actually had some AC problems, but uh, that's all right. We're getting through it. Broadcast live each and every weeknight from uh, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. That's Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Right here on our flagship station, the Global Star Radio Network. I want to say thank you. Thank you so much to Global Star for broadcasting us as long as we can keep going. That's right. Uh, how long will that be? You know, I, I'm getting emails saying, well, what you're saying is hate speech. You know, it's interesting when uh, Coach Dave Dobmeyer had a wonderful saying. Joe, what was that saying? Um, when the exactly. truth becomes hate. Uh, exactly, I, I don't know. I always screw it up. But it was paraphrasing something along the lines of when the truth becomes hate speech. No, no. Yeah, when, see, we we had to get this right. It, it's so eloquent. Yeah. Uh, truth becomes hate speech when, to the or, I'm sorry, truth becomes hate speech to those who hate the truth. Exactly. Right. Truth becomes hate speech to those who hate the truth. Right. And and I've just seen a lot of uh, a whole lot of emails that uh, from people that are just saying, oh, you can't say, you know, you, how dare you take a stand? How dare you judge? Well, you know, we judge every day, and we don't judge. And here's the thing: we don't. At least, I. Hopefully, this comes across. I know, we don't judge the uh, hold a person in judgment. We hold the actions of a person in judgment, and the consequences. Uh, and we attempt to, to to provide, you know, to show the consequences in, in, in biblical fashion. And believe me, and let me just say this: you you, you want to know? I mean, you, you. I'm a sinner, man. I mean, I got to tell you. Steve and I, we, you know, Steve thinks he's got a corner on on how bad he is, you know, in certain areas. And uh, I say, Steve, buddy, I'm right there with you, man. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just too hard. I mean, sometimes you really have to to repent after you 
Yeah, we're all sinners, I guess. So anyway, but um, uh, it's interesting just to see the uh, conversion. When I say conversion, it's interesting to see the uptick, uptick in, uh, in in people who are just becoming more and more and more and more, should I say again, and more critical uh, about anyone taking um, a stand that's unpopular, non-PC. Yeah, it's really it's really something to see, folks. We are simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. That's BTR. And you can watch us live and by archive on our YouTube, official YouTube channel. Just go to HagmanandHagman.com. It's HagmanandHagman.com. There it contains all of our shows, links to our shows, all audio, video, video venues. And then we've got another website, HagmanReport.com. There for news, information, analysis, and uh, e- even uh, contributing articles, articles by contributors. Um and you know something? Let me toss this out to, to people. If you write on a website, if you're an author, or if or if you're just a, a someone who, like us, see the the ills and, and and have something to say about it, and would like us to publish maybe your article, consider writing for us. Make your voice heard. Now, obviously within reason, you know, and we do reserve the right to not publish articles. We're not going to, certainly we're not going to publish an article, you know, that would be critical or not, I'm sorry, not critical, but uh, that would definitely like, you know, be threatening or or hate speech. We don't do that. But if if you've got information, intelligence, let's just say you're, you're in a position of authority, perhaps. Maybe you're a police officer. Maybe you want your um, side to be heard. Let us know. Send us an email. Studio at HagmanandHagman.com. And that gets see when you do that 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 gets to us. Um, there are we have other email addresses, but that that would be the one to use in this instance. Studio at HagmanAgman.com, or just go to HagmanAgman.com and click on the contact us. But but, but seriously, um, think about it. Is it and, and we would ask that you'd use your name, real name. Now, let me just say this: your real name would have to be known to us. No more, no more of well, this is uh, Bill from uh, Mars. Okay, ain't happening. I mean, in terms of we have to know who you are, all right? And we will verify, do a background and verify. But it would be kind of neat, wouldn't it? Make your voice heard. Yeah. But if you do, if, having said that, you know, we'd have to know who you are. That doesn't mean that the world has to know who you are. If you want to use an Internet um, uh, pseudonym, we can do that. But, again, you would have to be known to us. And if you're writing from a position of authority, your qualifications would have to be verified by us, just so you know, so it's not a free-for-all out there. So I think that's one of the biggest... See, you know what, Joe? To me, that's one of the biggest problems of the Internet right now, especially as we get into the... um, uh, closer into the, the 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 real problems with 
the upcoming riots, the civil disturbances, and I believe there will be the racial disturbances, the lack of privacy. Um, people have a tendency to, to, to attempt to maintain anonymity, but not for the right reasons. Yeah. So, you know, look, um, you know, fool, fool us once, shame on us, fool us, or shame on you, fool us twice, shame on us. So, again, that's that's kind of what we're, so feel free, you know, HagmanReport.com if you want your articles to be, or if you have if something to say. Um, we'd love to love to be able to have, provide that platform for you. Um and, and you know, like Paul McGuire, uh, we we publish some of Paul's stuff uh, uh, whenever we are we have that opportunity, uh, and others, yeah. you know. So, yeah, before we get into, the, uh, well, we'll we got go a, ahead. a go great ahead. show for tonight. We uh, are going to be uh, unveiling a new sponsor and product tonight. Uh, the sponsor will be joining us here in about fifteen minutes. Uh, Minute Man Rocket Stove is the name of the product. We got one right down here, and when uh, he joins us, we will show you how yeah. this uh, works. This is a pretty neat for a product. couple minutes. He's only available for a couple minutes, but you got to see this. You got to yeah. see it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty neat and handy. Then we got Carl Gallup coming on. Yep. At the uh, bottom or top of the next hour until the end of the show, you can go to his website, carlgallops.com. Uh, he's very well known. He does a lot of. Um, I'm sure many people have heard his voice on on different YouTube videos. Oh, as soon as you hear it, you'll know. Yeah, I mean, um, if you ever watch a YouTube video where they talk about the meaning of the name Barack Obama, uh, from in other uh, World Net Daily uh, related issues, he's there. Uh, Was it PP Simmons? Yeah, PP uh, Simmons, right? And uh, I mean, just go to CarlGallops.com, check out his bio, check out his work. He's worked with Jonathan Cahn. He's got uh, just a whole long, long list of great endorsements. He's an author. He's uh, been on numerous radio and TV shows, and he is going to come on to talk about uh, geopolitical issues and uh, spiritual issues, biblical issues, and what we're seeing today. And it's going to be a fantastic interview, and that will be from 8 to 10. And tomorrow night, again, don't forget Steve Quayle, Tom Horn, and his wife Nina Horn will be joining us. Yeah, Nita. For the N-I-T-A, Nita. Nita, yeah, sorry. Uh, and I want to just tell you a little bit about this. Um, you think you know Tom Horn. Well, Tom Horn is going to have... Uh, Tom Horn is going to... Ex- never before, I, I don't think, on any other platform aside from his Skywatch TV, which I believe it's there, but y- you have to work to find it. Um, he's never before said, talked about an experience that he had. And, and, uh, well, it was he was dead. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know how many people have heard this story, but if you think if you think, uh, without comparing notes, I mean, I, I was talking to Steve Quayle yesterday, and we were talking about Tom. Tom, if you're listening, I mean, it was all good. So, um. But we were talking about Tom, and, and, and to hear from Steve what Tom told Steve and what I learned and then what Tom basically told, there was a big di- there was a big conversation. Anyway, you're just going to be blown away. The real Tom Horn, and, and why, it's going to answer a lot of questions, I think, Joe. He, he, he um, that's going to answer a lot of questions. Yeah. And then Nita's coming on to talk about heard. stuff that she's doing. Yeah, this is this is mind blowing things. When when I first heard it, I kind of said, you know, okay, 
and I didn't actually the first time I heard Steve talk about this, he didn't mention Tom's name, or if he did, I didn't hear it. This is a while back now. I thought, uh, okay, you know, it'd be like uh, somebody you didn't know uh, saying that they saw, you know, a UFO or something like that. You know, you can okay, and yeah, maybe, maybe not. You know, it depends on the credibility of the witness in many cases. And, and then yesterday when Steve was saying, well, you know, this is precisely what happened, and then there's more we get into it and with Tom and everything. And, and I said, wait a minute, I'm, okay, now, the, okay, now, I, you know, now I'm connecting the dots, and bang, there it is. So it's going to, it's tomorrow night going to be an extremely important uh, program. I'm sorry, Joe, I didn't need to carry on that along, but no. Um, uh, look, we we got so many things. Uh, I, scientists, we got a lot of stuff oh, on man. artificial intelligence, um, from uh, in the days of facial Noah, recognition man. software to uh, artificially created human genetics to uh, an in- interesting article. Uh, Elon Musk: Chance we are not living in a computer simulation is one in billions. Think but he says that. this, though. If we aren't stuck in a Matrix-style world, then the world is about to end. Which I found very interesting. Let's lead off with this, and what, then we'll go yeah, to the huh? article you got. Elon Musk has said that there is only the a on? one... I look like Spanky or something here with us. One in billions chance that we are not living in a computer simulation. Uh, our lives are almost certainly being conducted with an artificial world powered a- uh, powered by AI and highly powered computers. Now, um, what he's saying here, he's saying we live in a computer simulation, in a in a matrix that is being controlled by artificial intelligence, and we don't even know it or we're not aware of it. Got to get hair and makeup in there. <laughs> Sorry about that. But the, uh, what he's saying, I guess under the lines, between the lines here, is he's hoping that we are living in a computer simulation. Otherwise, there is a God, and... What God of the Bible says is real is what I take out of this first paragraph. But he goes on to say, uh, and this article says, Mr. Musk has donated huge amounts of money to research the dangers of artificial intelligence. Said that he hopes his prediction is true because otherwise it means the world will end. So I was thinking about this when I was reading it and going through this article, and he he says this: the strongest argument for us probably being in a simulation, I think, is the following. Forty years ago, we had Pong, two rectangles and a dot. That's where we were. I I, I still am trying to master that. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. Soon we'll have virtual reality and augmented reality. I'll take Pong. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. Just indistinguishable, he says. He said that even if the speed of those advancements dropped by a thousand percent, we would still be moving forward at an intense speed relative to the age of life. Hmm. So what he's well, saying here is we are basically either going to start living in a artificial intelligence created virtual reality that apparently we're already living in. Well, uh, but yeah, yes, but but you know, to, to discuss this, I really believe, like the way Ted describes it and the others describe it, it, it's it's to me, it's difficult for me to understand because this, I, yeah. I don't get this. He says this: either we will make simulations that we can't tell apart from the real world, right. or civilization will cease to exist. Okay, but wh- why? Right. Why? Why does that? Well, that tells me a lot as far as what he's not saying or what. 
reading between the lines here, obviously, this man does not believe in God. Yeah, obviously. Or, or not, not our God, not, not the God of Christianity, but. Correct. And why is it one or the other? Why is it right. we live in a computer simulation where we can't tell the real world from the simulation or civilization ceases to exist? That right. tells me that he understands the time period we're in, even though he doesn't believe in God. Right. And hopes to create a, and this had me going back into the thoughts, you know, you talk a lot about the mark of the beast changing the DNA. Right. What about consciousness? What about yeah. if your consciousness was able to be uploaded? Well, I, I've often said consciousness resides outside of the human body. Now think about that. Okay, I, that's what I believe personally. Not can I prove it? No, I can't prove that. Uh, I believe that we are connected somehow to a kind of a hard drive. Yeah, you know, somewhere else. This is not new age thinking. This is just, um, because we're we're souls with a with a with a human body. If that's the case, all right. Um, when we die, our souls leave our body, right? I mean, it's simple as that. Mm-hmm. Our bodies don't leave our souls. Our, our souls leave our body. So, what would be such a stretch to believe that that consciousness, for example, resides outside of the body? in real time, in real life. And if that's the case, wouldn't that explain a lot of things, including, but perhaps not limited to, uh, you know, that feeling of deja vu you get sometimes, or the thing about the power of prayer, when you're consciously praying, how you can perhaps um, make a difference in certain things. Oh, yeah, and absolutely you can. Um, and, and trying to understand exactly, you know, what this guy is saying is hard. It talks about at the end of the article how this has been a debate from ancient philosophy, you know, throughout uh, the history of our world till now. But we see this just huge influx, especially in the last two, three years of artificial intelligence, computer uh, abilities to go through and create their own artificial systems, gen- the uh, genetic advancements in genetic technology and the I mean from GPS and in real time monitoring to uh, any type of, of cloud computing systems that we see are, are coming up everywhere I actually found a patent yesterday or not a patent um, a yeah, uh, 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 IBM yes. patent United yes. States patent from IBM uh, monitoring individuals using distributed data sources Yep. Yep. and um, this goes through and explains how you will have you can um, be monitored by uh, different devices that are invented to provide a method of uh, pinpointing not only your location of, of in real time but your behaviors and what you intake on a daily basis what your blood like your stresses your blood pressure your cholesterol all everything being monitored in real time Right, and um, right. it's very interesting, and we can get into this on another day when we have more time. But uh, if you just look up IBM Tracker and you want to see this, uh, five twenty sixteen May twenty sixteen, this was put out. But um, and you got an article there about the uh, genetics. Yeah, this disturbs me a little bit. Um, 
for on a number of levels, of course, but uh, there there was a secret Harvard meeting. Scientists announced plans for synthetic human genomes. Uh, just three weeks ago, there were 130 scientists and, and people, businessmen, and, and policy leaders. There was it was an invitation only closed door meeting at Harvard to talk about a very ambitious plan to create synthetic human genomes. Um, okay, so w- w- what does that mean? Basically, create life. I, I, I mean, to me, this is what it means. Um, you can get into the biology and, and the different levels, but um, th- there was a lot of criticism about the secrecy in, in the participants uh, published their ideas, declaring that, of course, uh, they're launching a project to radically reduce the con- cost of synthesizing genomes, uh, which is a potentially, according to the article in um, by uh, Joel Lockenbach, um uh, the Washington Post uh, that could enable technicians to grow human organs for transplantation. Now, w- where do you draw the line? Because, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're looking at some pretty serious things here, in my view. Where do you draw the line? Because do you, do you, do you make chimeras then um, for transplant? Uh, yeah, like where do you draw that line? Right. Um, but yeah, this is something we'll have to get into more. You were talking earlier before the show, folks. I don't know how many people know this UCLA shooting. Yeah, you want to talk about this because it's this uh, not not being talked about okay. much. There was a shooting at UCLA yesterday. Maynard where a Sarkar man shot another man mm-hmm. and killed himself. There was a, a massive response by the LAPD. They put the city on tactical alert. They shot thought it was a live shooter situation in right. the college. Yep. Well, it turns out this UCLA shooter was a Muslim. After they reported it was a white male, the guy was yeah. a Muslim. And not only did he uh, kill the professor, but the UCL- UCLA shooters had a kill list in his house, which on the kill list, a woman was listed along with two professors. The woman lived in Minnesota. Well, she was found dead in Minnesota. Ah, uh, yeah. A man who carried yeah. out a murder-suicide at UCLA left a kill list at his Minnesota home that led authorities to find a woman's dead body. Uh, man, Klug was her name, I believe, right? Manak Sarkar Sarkar drove to Los Angeles from Minnesota with two guns and killed Professor Bill Klug before killing himself. A uh, former UCLA grad student killed a woman in Minnesota before carrying out the attack on UCLA where he fatally shot a young professor then killed himself on Thursday. Police said Thursday. Mm-hmm. The attack came after uh, Sarkar, 38, had composed a kill list with the names of the woman and two UCLA professors. Make make no mistake about it. This is an Islamic Muslim yeah. hate crime or, or a terrorist a, attack. Terrorist attack. Thank I you. I mean, the guy has a kill list in his house. Two out of the three people on the kill list are dead, including himself. Uh, he drove all the way to Minnesota to kill one of the people. Drove all the way back to Los Angeles to kill the other and himself. And, um, right. Yep. I mean, we're just getting the, the beginning information about this. Uh, but there's more, a lot more to this than what's going on. They're saying now it wasn't about, uh, at first they said it was a, a lover's quarrel, murder, suicide, but then <laughs> they went out and now they're saying it's something to do with intellectual property. Right. And curriculum, um, something to do with th- this guy and his, uh, attendance at UCLA and what he was working on. Right. 
but I think we still, if they're not covering it up more, we'll come out about this uh, shooting and what was really going on here. Exactly. And I, there's still yeah. another professor yeah. who was on the kill list who is alive, and it will be interesting to see what happens with that man. Because a lot of the times, unless this was a, a personal vendetta, these things don't have just one attacker. Um, no, and and what? See, and here's the warning for everybody. I believe what what the what the media is not saying. The behavioral, well, the FBI. Now, not the DHS, but the FBI. And I can I can tell I can say this with certainty based on my information from my source. The FBI investigated investigated this. This is part. He this. Um, how can I put this without? Uh, I'm going to be very accurate. This man is not the just a single guy coming in here uh, in the United States. He entered. He came to the United States on a foreign visa, student visa, in 2001 from uh, India, I believe. Uh, an Indian uh, uh, university. He was granted per- permanent legal status in in 2014. He, supposedly, he was in the U.S. legally. But here's what the information I'm getting: this man was part of a larger group of Islamic men with an agenda. All right, this is not just an isolated incident. Uh, can I prove it? No, I can't. Can I tell you who, where I got this from? No, except it's on good authority. We'll, we'll, you're going to be seeing more of these attacks being perpetrated. So take that for what it's worth. And, and this is why I would advocate uh, right now, because of the way things are, certainly I would, I would advocate uh, watching your surroundings and certainly being able to fend off any type of uh, an attack. That's my view. Look, look deep. There's much more to Sarkar. There's much more to this UCLA shooting than than what is being led or what people are understanding. And folks, there was a separate Muslim attack where uh, a burqa-clad assailant attacked a Georgia homeowner with an American flag in the front of the victim's home today. According to cops, Aisha Abriam, 30, emerged Tuesday morning from a wooded area adjacent to victim Dami Arrow's home in Lawrenceville, a city about 30 miles northeast of Atlanta. Uh, Aramo told police that um, see, his eyes revealed, walked up to the mailbox and put the flag out in front of it. So, uh, armed with this flag, which was attached to a four-foot-long PVC pipe, um, this uh, Muslim woman advanced on the flag in a threatening manner, grabbed the flag, and started hitting her with it, according to the Lawrenceville Police Department. The two children of Arrow, as Arrow's two children sought to help their mother, um, the Muslim woman was able to get one of her shoes off and struck Arrow's teenage daughter in the head. Anyways, this lady's being charged with three, I'm sorry, this man's being charged with three counts of, um, three misdemeanor charges of, of assault uh, for basically beating up a, a stranger with the American flag uh, who was, and this person is uh, an immigrant as well. And I don't know if you saw the statistics yesterday that came out, but uh, 1,037 Syrian refugees taken in so far this year, two Christians, 1,035 yeah, that's what, Muslims. that's what's being reported, right. That's what's being reported. <laughs> it's... it's uh, it's much more than that, folks. So you know that. Um, but the, the 
but the percentage, even even I mean, the percentage, what is it point zero zero two? Hmm. Anyway, okay, so here, folks, here's a deal. Um, Minuteman rocket stove. Yeah, we're having uh, a hard time getting him on the. Okay. Air. I I actually okay. Well, it doesn't matter, but because here's the deal. I uh, make sure you got the number right. Yeah. All right. Um. I was I was contacted by Minuteman Rocket Stove, uh, and uh, saw the. So if you go to minutemanstove.com, you'll see an ammo can, or what looks to be like an ammo can. And uh, this is was supposed to be some sort of great stove. And I said, yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Hey, I, I've got ammo cans. I can, I can put firewood in it, and it works for me. And then, then the owner said, oh, it's 159 bucks." And I said, yeah, okay. In your dreams, I'm going to pay that. And he said, let me send you one, along with a couple of uh, fire starters. I said, sure, why not? Go ahead. Because I, I would never, never, we would never uh, promote anything we don't believe in or use ourselves. And they gave Todd the wrong number. So. Yeah, that's figures. <laughs> All right, so, so anyway, the long story short. The long story short is he sent us one. Eric, uh, the tech, tried it and absolutely 100%. But this is not an ammo can with you know Minuteman rocket stuff put on the side of the box and and here here you go no 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 this thing weighs about seventy five pounds no I shouldn't say that. easy now all right this 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 is a high quality and I mean a high quality um, device here you better put it on here so it doesn't okay. No, this is very high for, quality. For, for those people watching, you, can you see that? Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and. Um. I, I have. Right. We have to say this. All right. We we promote long term storable food. We promote survival supplies because we do know that there's going to be the supply disruption. So, a lot of times people forget about what well, you need to cook. Cook. You know, you need something to cook with. Um. This is not. A Coleman style twenty gauge, you know, regular camping stove. This is a survival stove. All right, this is something I can actually get behind and believe in. Um, these fire starters, by the way, do not do that. This will burn our studio down. <laughs> I've never <laughs> so seen anything look, as. You take this little metal piece right here and you I, strike I've never the fire starter either. with with a little bit of elbow grease, and you will get. Uh, I mean, yeah, this will look like great white, you know, yeah. in, the, in a concert. And any these fire um, strikers uh, go from 10,000 to 15,000 strikes uh, right. per starter. And you have some that are in these wooden handled. You have some that are in uh, old ammo, uh, empty ammo shells. But well, well, here's the deal. Uh, I was I was certainly disinclined to even even uh, get behind or even promote the product until I I had it in my hand, until we we put it through its test, until we saw the quality, until we felt it. I mean, this thing I don't know how much it weighs, but it's solid. It's solid. So, anyway, bottom line is I am I am now sold, and I believe in this. And as far as stoves are concerned, the high quality of this, this is not just an ammo can. Are, are we on? Is, is he on, Lane Miller? Uh, ahead of... Uh, no, he's actually calling the studio. Okay. 
And uh, all right, Lane, if you're listening, hold on a second. Yeah, I just get off. We'll, we'll take the off. number back to our engineer, and hopefully he can get you on. But I do, I do want I would, I, seriously. I would like everyone to go to uh, MinutemanStove.com to check the, them out because, like I said, I was originally disinclined to to, to even take this to take uh, to, to to talk about this. But I even talked to my wife about this. I said, "No, you know," and I showed her how to use it and everything, and she said, "Okay, I could do this." All right, and um, it's easy to understand, and this thing is just absolutely like. To me, th- this is a Cadillac of, uh, of of stoves, of field stoves. This is not your camping stove. This is not something that will fall apart or rust after two or three or four years. This will last longer than than your needs. This is why I said, okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this because I believe in this, and. Uh, Subsequent to uh, subsequent to the uh, receiving this and, and testing this, we uh, both Joe and I are ordering one for our cars, our vehicles, and uh, keeping one each at home as well. That's how much we believe in this. And I'm going to tell you, this I, I just can't, I just cannot even uh, uh, tell you about the quality. It's a very very heavy duty. Uh, heavy gauge metal, and um, well, it's just phenomenal. So, uh, please, folks, uh, MinutemanStove.com. For a limited time, they're offering free shipping on their rocket stoves and their fire starters. They're now shipping to Canada. Uh, if you, if you go to their their website, MinutemanStove.com, you'll see the storefront. And I believe, like I said, I believe that the, both the fire starters and the stove are are the products to have when, when it hits the fan you're going to really need to have something like this and the quality is great so people talk and, and the reason we're having him come on for a couple of minutes is all just to talk about this is because it's the first time out uh, we have long-term storable food that, that we purchased from uh, american survival wholesale we've got the other product but but, but you know what um we were looking for for a very specific stove use stove. Okay, very specific. This has got the uh, a very heavy duty, and I don't know if you can see this, but a very heavy duty burner on yeah. here. That's a removable burner. Put it up. Or, uh, uh, well, he's. It's actually it'll probably flash on there. We got him. I mean, this is this is incredible. The way this fits in, this the way this this can has been modified. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people think, you know, when you get into that situation, you'll just build a fire and be able to cook. This will make it so much easier. It's very handy, very simple. And um, along with the fire, I mean, the fire starters alone to me are, are very important. But, you know, this Minuteman rocket stove, like my dad, it's very portable, very easy. Yeah. Uh, no, we have we have Lane Miller with us. Yeah. Uh, he's the owner, the man behind MinutemanStove.com. I asked him personally, well, both Joe and I did, to, to come on tonight for just a couple of minutes because, and he'll tell you too, I was kind of slow on the uptake. I was slow, uh, you know, okay, real nice ammo can. I could get an ammo can and, you know, throw wood in it. No, 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 no. He said, let me send you one. Let me send you one. I said, okay. 
And all of a sudden, I'm now. Now I, I want to be really, really good friends with them because it's a cool product. Uh, Mr. Miller, thank you for uh, coming on well, at such you. short notice. Thank you so much, Doug. That, that's wonderful. I really appreciate all the kind words. And uh, hey, Joe, how are you doing tonight? Thanks doing for having good. me on the show. Dyslexic, Joe. Dyslexic <laughs> yeah, tonight. I, I gave Todd the wrong number. <laughs> oh. Well, we got it all sorted out now, so we got each other's numbers. Everything's good. <laughs> yeah, we well, got cool. your numbers. So you guys, you guys had you got your stove, and uh, it's a, it's a neat little stove. It uh, it's a, a product I came up with a couple of years ago. Um, it all happened as a result of me losing my power for five days. Um, you know, I'd been a prepper and and been putting away food for years. And uh, it really took an experience where I was having kind of a shakedown situation um, to, to, to realize that I had a hole in my preps. And the thing that I hadn't really uh, thought through from my standpoint was cooking the food. And at the time that uh, I, my power went down, I, uh, we, we got hit by a little tornado here, and it took us down for five days. But, um, you know, it, it was something that I had half a gallon of Coleman fuel, and I'm staring at three little Coleman stoves and thinking, well, gosh, gosh, you know, I'm good for about a week. <laughs> and, uh, hmm. you know, that was all I had. And it showed me I needed something that would burn wood because, really, you need something sustainable to get past two or three weeks. Um, stockpiling green bottles and gallons and gallons of white gas or, you know, even unleaded fuel, you're going to end up burning that in your car. You just don't want to have to rely on that in a long-term lights-out scenario. We need to have a different way to do it. And to be sustainable, you know, it comes down to you're either burning wood or you're using solar. And, um, you know, solar's got its drawbacks in that it's uh, something that's only you can use uh, only when the sun's out. So unless you're willing to spend all your days cooking, um, you know, that, that's not a very handy thing. And burning wood, if you're doing it in an open fire, is a lot of work. I don't know if you guys remember the old Rifleman show. It seemed <laughs> like all they did yeah. all the time was split wood. And, uh, you know, if you don't have the resource um, at your disposal, say you live in an urban or a suburban environment, you know, you're not going to have acres and acres of wood to split even. And if you did, it's a lot of work. So this is a way, by using a rocket stove, which is a very simple device, um, the, the design goes back thousands of years, but basically you're feeding uh, very small little sticks about the size of your thumb to your pinky into a small little burn tube, and that burn tube is insulated, so it really, it really nestles that heat and focuses it. And um, then it sends that heat up to your bottom of your pot. Nothing is wasted. Your heat is contained and it's focused, and you get a great fuel air mix because the chimney effect sucks oxygen into the bottom where the fuel is fed in. So it works like a little jet engine when you get it revved up. And actually, uh, I, I, I noticed that too. Uh, I, I, when Eric brought it back, I, I was playing around with it, and I noticed the um, when you say rocket stove, I, I did not connect of course you know mr intelligent here i did not connect that name to <laughs> to to the process it's kind of and you, there, it's a patented process or patent pending in terms of what you've done with this right well our design is yeah i can't take credit for designing rocket stoves there's many many different designs out there and it's a often an item that people will even fabricate themselves out of, uh, you know, expedient materials that are close at hand. You can dig one into the ground using a, 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 a technique called a decoder hole, 
which is basically just two tunnels in the ground that are connected by a little short tunnel between them, two holes in the ground, and it'll work in the same fashion. But by using the chimney effect to suck air into the bottom, when you scale up a rocket stove, larger ones, um, you know, you get over a four-inch tube and you get it a couple of feet tall, and it's sucking air so hard it makes a noise. It sounds like one of those uh, V2 buzz bombs yeah. from World War II. Yeah, but you can really hear the thing running. So they're very efficient, extremely efficient. You'll use less than a tenth of the fuel that you'd use in a normal open fire. And it's small stuff. It's small diameter. It's the size of your pinky to your thumb. And uh, you don't have to use any uh, tools. You don't have to split anything. You can send the kids out to gather the fuel up. It just takes a few moments. And uh, that really becomes the least of your problems if you're in an urban environment. Um, shoot, you could break up a pallet in our little stove, and you could cook on it for with a pallet for a week. Uh, that's how little fuel that they use. Um, another neat feature of rocket stoves, because they're so efficient and they burn so hot and clean, they burn smokeless as well. When you get them up to about 1,100 degrees, they double burn all the gases, and that results in a smokeless fire. So you're not putting up a big smoke signal, and uh, that that can be handy too. It's a little bit stealthy to use. Um, our design. Well, well, um, well, let me just ask you this real quick, because undoubtedly, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, we're going to get people saying, "Well, you know what? I can go to the surplus store and buy a, a ammo can for twenty bucks." Yeah. You know, and, and and while that might be true, what makes your rocket stove um, made from an ammo can basically different than uh, than Somebody going to the well, the ammo, surplus store. The, Go ahead. the ammo can itself is basically just the chassis of our stove. That's the outside. Um, inside of the stove is our our, our burn tube, our L tube, and uh, it's made out of eighth inch steel and everything's solid welded. Um, we hand fabricate each one of our stoves. They're all made in small batches and they're all hand welded. Um, they're not coming apart. It's an eighth inch of steel. Um, that's what you would have to burn through to wear one of our stoves out. Um, I just don't see it happening. It, it, even with daily use, it would take years and years to burn it through. Now, between the can and the um, the burn tube itself, we pack it with ceramic refractory matte insulation. And that insulation's got a real high R factor. It doesn't absorb water or any kind of moisture. It doesn't deteriorate or rot. And uh, it's very lightweight, and uh, it's an excellent insulator. It's good to 2,400 degrees, and we're not getting close to those temperatures, so we're certainly not stressing that insulation. And it protects the can. Um, So the can only gets about 200 degrees on the sides and about 160 degrees on the bottom, which also makes it safe to run the stove right on top of a table. Um, You can use it on a wood tabletop like a picnic table and not damage the wood. So you don't always have to sit on the ground with this stove, which is really nice and handy. And, uh, Lane, one thing I I saw pointed out in the instructions is Mm -hmm. do not use uh, liquid flammable like gasoline or, or lighter fluid to get this going. Um, by using those, but, and I know you explain it in the instructions, but why do you want to stay away from the liquid flammables when using this stove? Well, it's just it's just being over-cautious on our part um, as the manufacturer. 
you, you always have to anticipate that when we say liquid fire starter, someone might decide to pour gasoline in there or something crazy, yeah. you know, and it's a confined little space. And if any of that liquid was to get down inside, um, you know, around the, the insulation and stuff, I don't know what could happen. So we just really, you know, caution people not to use liquid fire starters. It's not good practice anyhow. The best way I've found to, to start this little stove is to use what I use is my, you know, regular everyday fire starting kit is one of the ferro rods and a, uh, a cotton ball that's got a little bit of Vaseline on the cotton ball. And uh, what that does is the, the ferro rod makes a shower of sparks that hits the cotton ball and it lights very easily. Usually you get it on the first or second strike. And that Vaseline will melt into the cotton kind of wick in as it's burning and it'll make it burn much, much longer. So you can make a cotton ball burn oh, well over a minute by putting That's a little bit did. of Vaseline yeah. on yep. it. Yeah, and, and, and I yeah, gotta I tell you, it, little, it was beautiful. It was, it was just yeah, I it, it, it was just great. And put them down in the stove. I keep a fire, uh, a ferro rod in there, and it's a whole kit ready to go. Yep. And and, uh, and, I, and I'll say this too, after uh, it cleans up nice, and we had uh, I had brought it to the studio after it was used mm-hmm. and, and closed it up. No smell whatsoever from the. Nice. You know how you get yeah. that that creosote or soot smell? Nothing. Yeah. Ours is the only stove that we know of out there that's fully enclosed inside of itself. It's self-contained. There's a rubber seal on the lid, and when you reattach the lid, um, the burner and all of the burn tube and everything are inside the box, and they get sealed airtight. And that makes it great. The outside's, you know, usually pretty clean. You can put it right back in your vehicle or store it in the house. You don't have to leave it out in the shed or, you know, outside where it's going to take any moisture. But the inside of the stove stays sealed up airtight as well, so it doesn't go through that burn and rust cycle when it's being stored. So that's really going to add to the longevity of the stove. And it also allows the user to keep a fire-making kit and some kindling or have the stove pre-packed and ready to use, put some uh, fatwood shavings down in the bottom of it or, you know, whatever you like to use to make fires, you can keep a pretty good amount of it in the bottom of the stove uh, with a ferro rod and cotton balls or whatever, and then the stove is ready to go. And that stuff, you know, will always be bone dry. Even if you're in a humid environment, it's still going to be dry in there. So it's a, it's a neat uh-huh. little kit. And the, the stove only weighs 14 pounds. I mean, if, if we made it any lighter, we would be taking away some of its durability. So we've got it at a place where it's extremely portable, but it's not what I could, would consider packable. Um, you know, the, you I wouldn't buy this with that. a bug-out bag in mind. But, you know, what it will do is allow you to conserve those liquid fuels for if you do find yourself on foot, you'll have that stuff still, you know, in, in your arsenal and ready to be used instead of just using it up every day. Right. You know, I, th- I often think that um, people have an idea that they're going to, bug out, you know, as soon as something happens, they'll be running off somewhere, and most of us are going to be at home and just trying to hold on to what we got, and in an environment like that, the stove will allow you to really conserve your other fuels and your other assets so that you don't just go burning them up. You can use your rocket stove. So. And, and you said, you know, you said it all, too. I mean, this is efficient. It cuts down on your wood gathering and processing oh, yeah. chores. I mean, this Absolutely. is... Uh, and and folks, all of these handmade, handmade in North Carolina, they're extreme, extremely rugged. They come with a two-year warranty, and uh, 
Yeah, we've had a lot of people shaking them down. Um, You know, we've had them shook down by some military guys that deployed with them. I've got uh, all kinds of survival instructors that are using them in their courses and showing them to people and training people on how to how to use a rocket stove. And um, you know, we've gotten it's a very durable product. We have had zero zero defects so far. Nobody's called with any problems, and we've got quite a few of them out in the field. And uh, we we give a two year warranty on all of our stoves. But I tell you, if you ever have a problem, if you'll just get it to me, I'll try my best to fix it for you. So, um, you know, we'll always stand behind our work. We're real proud of what we do, and uh, we're real proud that we can make this product in America. So, Amen to that. And, and you, you're putting, and folks, yeah. this guy's putting a lot of people to, you know, our sponsors, including now uh, Minuteman Provision Company, Minuteman Stoves, are putting people to work in America. That's right. Okay. And, and That's thank right. you for doing that. American made. Thank you. American quality, or, or high quality. And, um, so the one hundred and fifty nine bucks out the door, or is that right? Free shipping. One six, yeah, they're one sixty nine out the door, and uh, we'd like to also, yeah, they're one sixty nine out the door. I don't, okay. I, I didn't, yeah, one sixty nine, and uh, we're also going to be um, offering a free fire striker with each one of the stoves that goes out. Um, I haven't put up a special code on the internet, so we're going to do it for everybody. Um, until I get the code in place and we can start announcing that. But, and there's also free shipping on that. So 169.95 will get it anywhere in the United States. If you're in Canada, it's only $20 more. And, um, we're going to throw in one of our fire strikers, which is a $15 value. It's a great little striker. It has eight to 10,000 strikes. And, um, and we'll also get it to you free shipping. And they go out, um, United States Postal Service priority mail. So even if you're West Coast or Alaska, it's only three or four days. So it won't take very long before you get one. Yeah. And And those fire strikers. Well, I just want to say this: the, the fire strikers are, are. I had to give Joe a timeout because he was playing with them, and and I mean, (laughs) wow. Those things really well, they're very sparky. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's a big difference in a good and a bad fire striker rod, and a lot of the packaged ones that you buy in the in the national chain stores are really not worth a flip. Um, once you try one that's that's a really good quality rod, um, and, and we did a lot of research on that. We we actually sampled six different companies and sat down, and I scrubbed on those things all weekend, going back and forth, back and forth, seeing which ones we liked the best, and. Uh, we're extremely proud of our rods that we use, and uh, we've never seen anybody have a sparkier one. So I think you'll be surprised when you, when you actually get your hands on one, how much, how, many, how much really comes off of them. And, folks, that makes all the difference, especially when you're wet, you're cold, and you're shaking, and all your tender's wet, too. If you can put just a big, huge shower down there on it, it'll get it going. But if you just got five or six little sparks coming off at a time, it can be a chore. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't tell people what I did at my home um, with one of those and uh, what happened. It was. You know, I was thankfully I was outside, but man, yeah, they work. I'll just say that, uh, Mr. Miller. I just want to say thank you again. I just want to well, welcome you to the Hagman and Hagman family, along with our other uh, uh, sponsors and partners. Uh, just want to say thank you for a quality product. We tried it. We oh, like it. We endorse it. It is a to me. It's a specialty product, okay. But it's a necessary product if you are going to be prepared. I mean, 
Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. We really believe in what we're doing. And um, and I want to thank you and Joe, Doug, for what you guys do, because uh, I've been a fan and, uh, and listened to the show for many, many years now. And uh, you guys are very brave, and you guys are, uh, are, are one of the few groups out there, or the few, few shows where you get the truth. And you get it, you get it in, uh, in, in, in good measure and unfiltered, and I love it. And uh, you well, guys keep you. doing what uh, you're doing and getting the good word out. Just reassure the audience, if you, if, you, if I if I if I may, did we not mm-hmm. make you jump through? Did, did we not make you jump through hoops with? Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, we used. I mean, we asked. We said we're not going to we're not going to advertise unless we believe in it. Didn't we? Oh, absolutely! I mean, yeah, we you guys you... were tough. <laughs> okay. I for a while was like, well, I don't know if they really want me or not. But you know, I appreciate now that you guys did. You you, you wanted to see a stove and you wanted to put it to use, and uh, and I'm glad you guys did that because now you understand you know more and more about what the, the stove does and and uh, why why a person should have one and. Uh, and I really am. I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, spent so much time with it. I appreciate that. All right, brother. Absolutely. Again, MinutemanStove.com uh, is the website, and um, we got to thank you again for for letting for sending us a stove and letting us try it. It is an awesome stove. I would recommend it to well, anybody. Thank you. Um, yeah, and, uh, and, and, t- and take advantage of this. this. Yes, absolutely. Take advantage well, of the hundred the sale here. Shipping, no shipping. Well, God, God bless you guys, and God bless your whole audience. And, uh, you know, just may the Lord watch over all of us and help us get through these dark times. And, uh, you know, that's all i got to say about that is uh, right. let's just keep our eye on the prize. <laughs> Amen. All right, brother. God, right, God bless you. Guys. Thank you. Love you Thank guys. You. Y'all have a good right. evening. I'm going to hang up and listen to the rest of the show. <laughs> all right. All right. It's right, a good man. one coming up. Again, MinutemanStove.com, yeah. MinutemanStove.com. I'm going to tell you something, Joe. This, this is awesome. Yeah. It, it, now, again, um, th- I don't want to make this into an, any any more of an infomercial here, but I, I, I wanted people to get to know uh, Mr. Miller, Lane Miller of Minuteman Stove, and, and the, get to know the Rocket Stove. But see, where I was kind of uh, screwed up was, um, I mean, this is to me is a specialty product that you need. When I say specialty, I mean, it, this will cook your stuff and if you have questions folks you can email mr miller at yes. minutemanstove at gmail.com minutemanstove at gmail.com just go to the com yeah. and click on uh you know uh contact us or whatever but anyway uh, and, and this goes good uh american survival wholesale for example they sell uh, a lot of uh, for freeze dried food. Yeah, American Survival Wholesale, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful source. For example, for uh, freeze dried or long term storable food, this to cook it on. I mean, what a, a a great a great workable relationship. Absolutely. And um, and like I said, you know, like he said, building regular big fires are very inefficient yeah. for trying to cook food. Right. This makes it so simple, and it is, as my dad said, portable, easy to carry, easy to clean, and will cook great food. I, I just a great job yeah. with the temperature. Um, yep. Setting the, the temperature, <laughs> the, hot, the fire where it needs to go. Man, it, it's it's pretty cool, and uh, I'm going to see if I can do something about my spanky look here. I don't know what the heck happened. We'll get a makeup lady in here. Carl oh, Gallops is coming on next. We're going to get into a lot of stuff uh, from the presidential race to Bible prophecy and more on the other side. Stay with us. CarlGallops.com is his website. We'll be right back. 
This is the Global Star Radio Network. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Duty and just got yeah just that look and Eric just uh, Eric sees on me uh, right now it's a uh, it's a combination of lighting uh, uh, I don't know what it is but anyway it doesn't matter it's all good we're upcoming as soon as we can get uh, uh, contacting uh, all of our wires together Carl Gallops uh, you know do you, do you know about Carl Gallops have you been to carlgallops dot com well let me let me just do this. Let me just type in here uh, his website because um, I've got it right here. Okay, see, it's carlgallops.com. That's G-A-L-L-U-P-S, carlgallops.com. He's got an interesting website. And uh, actually, he's got the live feed up on his uh, website, carlgallops, G-A-L-L-U-P-S.com. Now, you know Carl Gallops. You've heard Carl Gallops. Yeah, you I definitely guarantee heard if you don't know who he is, I'm sure our audience, uh, for the vast majority, has heard him. As you hear his voice. Now, um, he's one of my fav- one of my favorite uh, authors and, and uh, uh, writers and show hosts. He he uh, he's a senior pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida. He's been there since 1987. He is what I strive for. And, and, and Amazon top sixty best selling author. I broke a hundred once. That was about thirty seconds, and, and then I, you know. But anyway, uh, he's a conservative talk radio host. He's heard nationally and internationally for the last decade. Oh, I won't know, decade and a half actually. He's also a TV, radio, and print media guest commentator. He's a former decorated Florida law enforcement officer. Got my vote right there. He's a current sworn special deputy with the Maricopa County Arizona Sheriff's Office under the appointment of Sheriff Joe Arpaio. You might remember our dialogue with uh, Sheriff Joe and, and others. He's a founder of Internet PINN News and Ministry Network. How about ppsimmons.com? You're familiar with that, folks. 
He's a member of the Board of Regents at the University of Mobile in Mobile, Alabama. He's a graduate of the Florida Police Training Academy, Florida State University, and the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, he's got a, where he's got a Master of Divinity. The author of Be Thou Prepared, Equipping the Church for Persecution in Times of Trouble. Well, we're there, folks. What a great book. Be Thou Prepared. Okay. And you can go to carlgallus.com, Amazon, check it out. Also, the author of The Rabbi Who Founded, or sorry, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, the story of Yitzhak Kaduri and his prophecies of the end time. Uh, Final Warning, Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation. He's got a lot of great articles, news, um, videos right on his website. Carl Gallops, G-A-L-L-U-P-S dot com. And we are so pleased, so thankful, and, and so honored to have Carl Gallops with us. Mr. Gallops, thanks for joining us tonight, sir. No, Joe, listen, the honor is mine. Thank you for that um, very gracious introduction. But but it is my honor to uh, to be with you guys tonight. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, it was it, it was so interesting, uh, Mr. Gallops, how we... How, how this all came about. Joe and I were talking about you, and, and uh, this was, I don't know, this was like a week or two ago. It was a couple of weeks ago now. And we were talking about you, and, and we were talking about different people that we want to have on. And we were going through, uh, somebody had sent us a letter, and this woman was from, is from Florida, and she had written and said, please have Carl Gallops on your program. Wow, wow, okay. thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it was that very same day we received some information about how to contact you via your wow. your personal assistant i believe it is or, mm-hmm. or your okay and it was all i mean it was divine it was divinely inspired and yeah. right then i said man joe this is it so i mean i wrote right and said hey, let's get him on so thank you uh okay mr gallops i think we, we i think the people know who you are based on the introduction now um did I miss anything that, that you might want to add? Are you asking me? No, no. You said quite enough, brother. Thank you. And by the All way, right. listen, I appreciate the courtesy, but please call me Carl. God bless you, though. I, I appreciate All right, sir. the courtesy. All right. Yeah, it's just a, we know. Yes, I do it, know. It's a habit. Yeah. All right. Um, it, boy, I got. we have so many. we got like a ton of questions to ask you, but uh, you've got such a, a, a marvelous uh, website where you have gone. I mean, the topics that you that you tackle are on my heart every day, from evolution to the transgender issue to well, everything end of times basically. And you look like we do it everything through a biblical perspective. Yes. Um, we, uh, let's let's start out with with a wide angle view, if we can. The the, the view from thirty thousand feet as we're cruising over the Earth. Where what time is it? Where are we right now? <laughs> Listen, that's a tremendous question. And, and Doug and Joe, he, here's what I tell folks. For those in your audience that might not know me or know my material, listen, I, I want people to know, and you said it, I, I, I was a cop for 10 years before God called me into the ministry. And there's a long story there of how all that happened. But I've been the pastor of one church for 30 years, a senior pastor of a Southern Baptist church on the Gulf Coast, very solid, uh, doctrinally sound, conservative Southern Baptist church. So I said said that to say this. Look, I'm not a date setter. I don't run around screaming the sky is falling. I don't stand on the street corner with a placard on my back saying the end is near. But here's what I do. I'm a preacher and teacher of the word and have been for decades. 
I, I, I'm fairly intelligent, I'm fairly educated, so I know how to read and to analyze. I was a cop, a criminal investigator. I know how to collect information and weed out the bad and put in the good. And here's the bottom line, guys. This is what I tell folks. I'm not setting dates, but I'm saying we're living in in profoundly prophetic times. And let me just give you some of the some of the uh, the, the the clock counters here. Some so, some of the guideposts. First of all, we're the first and the only generation to see the 2,600 year prophecy of Israel returning to the land in the last days. We are that generation. And anyone here that was born. Um, uh, after 1948, anyone that's listening, you know, it's so easy for us. Uh, by the way, I was born in 55, so I'm one of those people. And it's so easy for us to think, well, you know, that's cool. Israel's in the Middle East, and yes, it's a contentious situation, but you know it's always been there. No, it hasn't. It hasn't even been there 70 years. Prior to that, it had been 2,600 years before it was there. So, so you've got these prophecies in both the Old and the New Testament that speak of the return of Israel in the last days. And we're the only generation in almost three millennia to see that happen. On top of that, in Ezekiel 37, speaks of that coming back to life of Israel in the last days. But the very next chapter in Ezekiel 38 says that when a returned Israel appears in the land. And once it's established and safe and secure, and obviously I'm paraphrasing, guys, but this is the biblical truth. Ezekiel 38 says, there will be a coalition of nations that will align themselves and will eventually come together to attack Israel. And that coalition of nations, the names are given from the old table of nations in Genesis 10. They're mainly by tribal names, but they correlate, they align. And, and historians and, you know, and sociologists and, and archaeologists, they know this, what I'm getting ready to say. These, these names in Ezekiel 38 align with modern nations. And the two biggest alliances that are spoken of in Ezekiel 38, written 2,600 years ago, is when Israel returns to the land, Russia will align with Iran. And then it goes on to name other countries that are situated situated in and around the Middle East, Turkey, Syria, Lebanon, you know, and, and, and Libya. And, and, and it says they will eventually align into a coalition that will eventually attack Israel in the last days. Well, we're the first generation to see this alignment of nations. Russia and Iran are in, in, in cahoots and have been since the 90s by, by treaties and compacts. And now we know all about the nuclear arms uh, proliferation agreement between the United States and Iran and the, and the shenanigans that Russia has played in that. And now, guys, we're watching Russia and China have shown up in the Middle East, in Syria, together with troops, aligning with each other and aligning with Iran for the first time in history. I mean, I could go on and on. The, the, the proliferation of, of, this, of this explosion of technological advancements. You guys were talking about some of that in your first hour. This is, we're the first generation to see this. We're the first generation to see uh, Russia and, and China in the Middle East. We're the first generation to see uh, Israel returned. We're the first generation to see Israel recapture Jerusalem. Uh, we're the first generation to see all of the biblical prophecies of technology that are necessary. A one-world marking system. The whole world seeing something at once, a, a, a person who could literally 
rule and or strongly influence the entire world. Um, uh, signs and wonders from the heavens. Uh, all of these things. We're the first generation to see this. Internet technology, cell phone technology. I, I mean, one world communications. The Tower of Babylon has, uh, Babel, excuse me, has been rebuilt. You, you don't even need translators anymore. You can just go on the internet and it's instantly translated for you. All of the peoples, all of the nations can speak together at once. Listen, I could talk about this for hours, but let me just whittle it down to this. Guys, I'm not setting dates, but I'm telling you, we're either very close to the rapture of the church or, and or, depending upon which view of eschatology you come from, we're very close to to seeing the rise of the Antichrist and the church being in for some tough times. The bottom line is, without setting dates, I'm saying we're living in profoundly prophetic times. We are the first generation to, and I could go back through that list again. Does that answer your question? Very eloquently stated, I must say. I, I, yeah, I, I, I could not agree more with, with what you just, how, how you laid that out. Yeah, it, the... Uh from the technological issues to Israel becoming a nation again, all these uh, things that you mentioned that prophecy talks about are happening right before our eyes. Yeah, yeah, guys. And, and one of the biggest things is Israel. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that's when the countdown clock started. I'm convinced. And, and listen, I, I this is going to sound like a cheap plug, but I promise I won't make it cheap, and I won't turn it into a plug. I'm just saying. In early fall, I do have a brand new book coming out. All of my books, you were mentioning them earlier, have been published by WND Books out of Washington. They're, they're great publishers with a huge, huge uh, outreach and marketing capabilities. But I've got a brand new one coming out this fall that speaks of exactly what you asked me, Doug, from the very beginning. And I start with the return of Israel. And I go through everything I just said, plus much more in great, great detail. Listen, Tom Horn, you guys are going to have him on. He's a dear friend of mine. And I I've known him for a while, been on his shows, and we've spent a lot of time together. Um, you know, he's done a lot of work in this transhumanism technology. Uh, I, I, and, and I've got a, a lot of that in my book. I mean, I mean people are going to be blown away. I'm, I'm sure you guys are aware, but I mean, even the United Nations, 2030 Agenda. The United Nations has aligned themselves with two biometric companies, major international companies, and they have set a date of 2030, which is only 13 and a half years away, and they are bragging about the fact, and you can go to these technology websites that are aligned with the UN, and they have huge articles about it. So this is not some some conspiracy theory, some crazy preacher. And by the way, I am a crazy preacher, but but <laughs> but it's but it's but you know. But what I'm saying is, it's coming right out of the UN documents, and in my new book, I have all of this documented. It's coming right out of the technology headlines. By the year 2030, the UN says, "quote We will have every single human being, man, woman, boy, and girl, marked by the year 2030." identified for the sake of, and they actually say this, peace and security. Those words come straight wow. out of the scriptures about the one world mark and the one world order promising peace and security in the last days. I'm not making this stuff up, guys. All of this is... Yeah, in you my couldn't. I, yeah. I mean, seriously, no one... Uh, it, it fits too nicely into this. Uh, yeah, uh, you... you no one would believe you because it, it it's scripted, but but it is scripted. Yes. I mean, we, we, we know, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing you had mentioned about the about Israel, the Middle East, and and this is if I can kind of plug us a little bit. We had talked about um, 
Benghazi. We had talked about, for example, uh, when you look at, when you start, well, you were a, a criminal investigator. You were an investigator. So I, I've been a, I've been an investigator in the civil um, arena for the last three decades and, and also worked as an operational asset and informational asset for the Department of Justice and the FBI. So you develop um, instincts, you develop training, your training guides you along things. And, and I'm looking at everything, and as you dissect what has gone on in the Middle East under the Obama regime, I won't even call it an administration, um, it didn't start there, but certainly accelerated there. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking at, and I'm saying, man, everything is matching up with Bible prophecy. We bring on guests that mm-hmm. talk about, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Horn, like you said, and, and others. Um, and, and you've done some great work, by the way, in your uh, in your writings. It, it, it's just fabulous. Uh, well, it's exciting. I don't know if fabulous is the word, but exciting because we know how the story ends. But I just want to mention this. Um, the connection and and you connected dots as a, as a as a as a criminal investigator and still do in your research um going backwards from today you can see how the arab spring was planned in advance oh, yes. and and how that facilitated the consortium of nations that we're seeing now coalesce in the yes. middle east then benghazi um we can see that 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 was nothing more than a, than a um uh, ISIS or a gun running operation to to, uh, to take out Assad in Syria, and I'm simplifying it very, of course. Right. But essentially, right now, and and even for the last couple of years, we've been toe to toe militarily and in intelligence against is or against uh, Russia, and to a lesser extent China in Syria. And I'll just say this and get your response. I've often said that that World War Three. Is not going to start necessarily with Iran, but but in Syria and over Syria. Yeah. And um, we, I, any, I, I mean, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. We've got just a little bit of a delay. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to oh, overstep no. you, but I, I was just going to say, Doug, have you been reading the manuscript to my new book? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I mean, I talk about all of that in great detail and document it. Listen, you've hit the nail on the head. I, you know, the bottom line is, look, look, I. I also am blessed to have a radio program and have been on the radio for years and I can remember when Arab Spring actually erupted and and made the headlines of Drudge I mean as it happened I was in studio it was on a Friday 2011 I think um, and, and 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 it was happening as I was live on the air and so I, I was talking about it and reporting on it, and people were calling, and folks were panicking. I had guests from Israel. I've got some contacts inside Israel, as you guys probably do as well. And they were calling and saying, what is going on? This is ridiculous. What is the United States thinking? At the same time, headlines broke out of Great Britain that British intelligence was indicating that the United States was deeply behind and directly connected to Arab Spring. A few days afterwards, uh, once it became apparent uh, to the uh, uh, to the powers that be that this was being seen, it was being reported by the mainstream media and being seen by most of the world at first as a very positive thing. You know, here comes freedom and democracy throughout the Middle East. This is wonderful. And 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 it wasn't but a few days later that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton stepped forward and took credit for actually instigating or propping up or laying the foundation to Arab Spring. Now, 
of course, eventually the whole thing crumbled down and blew up. And eventually we had civil wars and overthrowing of regimes and establishing new regimes and overthrowing those regimes and establishing yet another regime. I'm thinking of Egypt right now. And then, of course, Syria. And then that invited Russia in. Russia comes in. They start making compacts with Iran. Iran starts talking about ramping up its nuclear technology. They're going to wipe Israel off the map. Then China sees all of this. China sees an opportunity to establish its very first military base, not in the Middle East, but along the eastern coast of Africa, but yet within just a hop, skip, and a jump by jets and all of their you know, technology into the Middle East. And so they establish a military base just a few hundred miles from one of the United States' most prestigious or, or, or most uh, uh, strategic is the word I was looking for, military bases in that area. We use it to monitor the entire Middle East. China, China comes in, and then Russia, then they offer to Russia, look, we'll send military troops into, into Syria with you. Russia says, great, Vladimir Putin sticks out his chest. He talks about it. The next thing you know, China and Russia are in the Middle East. They're in cohorts with, uh, cohort with um, uh, Iran. You know, Turkey shoots down a Russian jet, and, and then they start rattling sabers. And I, I'm telling you guys, this is all stuff of prophecy. And the point to everything I just said with that quick little timeline, and I'm saying, as you said, Doug, I oversimplified the whole thing, but the bottom line is this. It was instigated by Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton by their own admission. And again, in my new book coming, I've got the, the actual, I mean, I've got their speeches, I've got their words, I've got it all documented. So yes, I think we're living in very prophetic times. And if you want to know, if you want to be able to discern the times, start by what's by watching what's happening in the Middle East. Start by what's happening in Israel. Don't sit in America watching Dancing with the Stars and drinking a Starbucks coffee and think everything must be okay with the world. It's not. Hundreds of thousands of Christians are being slaughtered and scattered, and Christianity is being exterminated in the Middle East. That word exterminated was used by the New York Times. I mean, this is, this is prophetic of enormous monumental proportion, guys. Man, you're exactly right. Exterminated. You know, without much whimpering or objection from the uh, uh, talking heads here in the United States. How often do you hear um, people like Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage them, but shouldn't we be really ringing the alarm bells off, off, the, off the clock tower? Because we're seeing the wholesale slaughtering of Christians in the Middle East, and we're standing around and really... A facilitating, if not, well, allowing, if not facilitating, what's what's really taking place, and it's 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 abhorrent. Um, I, I you know I just I don't know why, why, why is no one talking about this or few people well, talking about this. Yeah, well, no, listen, you're right. The mainstream media is not now. You are, and you guys are huge. I am. I'm writing books about it. I'm all over the air. I'm on TV and radio. I'm in WND.com all the time. Uh, WND writes about it uh, from time to time. You'll see headlines and drudge. 
And as I said, I've, I've seen a few scant articles in the mainstream over the years. And uh, as I said, I have documented in my newest book coming out from the New York Times. They actually had a, a, a reporter write in the headline said something about is Christianity uh, being wiped out in the Middle East. So, but but you're right. Overall, this should be a matter of of horror. This should be a matter of I mean, it's genocide. And, and and tens of thousands of, of of orphans and look at the look at the you know the refugee crisis and and of course ISIS is using that against Europe and the United States of America our our own FBI says that they're tracking ISIS cells in all 50 states right now and they're still pouring in and Barack Obama shipping them in from Syria Muslims which is yes. why Donald Trump has gained so much traction by saying, look, we're going to build a wall. I'm going to halt the flow of Muslims until we can vet them, until we can get a grip on it. So you've got all of this happening, and the mainstream media either doesn't report it, or they under-report it, or they lampoon those of us who do report it. And again, Amen. Yes. Yeah. And again, Doug and Joe, I just think it's all a part of the last day scenario. I do. I, they're useful idiots for the one world order. Amen to that. Now, I got I got I, I had actually a list of questions to ask you. This is one that I wanted to ask you. That your picture with uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, um, and this flows right in. It's a nice segue into what we're talking about here. Okay. One of the issues uh, that I've been following as an investigator, professional investigator, in my, in my own right, uh, and I've, I've talked, I've, I've shared information with people about. Barack Hussein Obama about his background, Barry Satoro, of course, you you know the entire story. I, I, I guess my question is, I'd like you to, to address, um, who in the heck is Barack Hussein Obama? Because I certainly don't know. I mean, as an investigator, I could not vet him to be uh, a dog catcher. You know, yeah. and I know that that uh, Sheriff Arpaio, his cold case posse team, and uh, uh, others. Uh, They've looked at this. Um, why back in 2008? I guess this is a, a three-part question. Number one, who is he? Uh, number two, why was he selected and then allowed to and even elevated into the position by even the, the people like Bush and, and others? Um, and thirdly, um, well... I guess we could start. Or I guess thirdly is why did people push so hard back in 2008, saying this is just a distraction? Don't worry about it. Fight them on policy, not on some you know birther conspiracy nonsense. Your thoughts on this? Yeah. Well, guys, if you have three more hours, we can talk about. It. <laughs> me, yeah. No, no. I'll give you my short answers, and then if you want. You know more information, or you want me to keep talking about things? You just prod me along, but um, you know, don't throw me in this briar patch, briar rabbit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> said briar rabbit. Well, here's the thing, guys. Um, yes, I am very closely connected to Sheriff Joe Arpaio and his investigation on this, and lead investigator Mike Zulo, and I am a sworn deputy sheriff, a special deputy sheriff, the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, a badge, ID, swearing in, the whole thing. I mean, it's official. It's not just some little, you know, plastic badge. I mean, <laughs> and, and it's for real. 
and, and the reason for that is because I've been involved in this. I mean, I've gone to Washington, D.C. with Mike Zulo. We've gone into congressmen's offices. We've, we've sat with congressmen in, in their office in the Capitol building. We've sat with them in private secret meeting rooms. Uh, Mike Zulo has gone, spoken to federal judges in private meetings about all that they know. Um, yeah, the bottom line is, guys, I probably know a whole lot more about this. Well, I, I do know a whole lot more about this than, than I'm allowed to speak. But let me address what I can. You asked, who is he? Well, the things I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just, I, the, these are things that people have been talking about, but I want to remind folks. Listen, guys, everybody, you, you know, the mainstream media, likes to disparage and to, uh, to denigrate those of us who simply ask the question, is the man in the White House constitutionally eligible to be there? Now, that is a legitimate legal constitutional question. Uh, you know, people say, oh, you, well, you're a birther. Well, wait a minute. If by birther you mean, do I care where the commander-in-chief was born, then I guess I am a birther. Uh, by birther, do you mean that I have questions about the birthplace and or the, the, the legitimate identity of the commander-in-chief and the man who's got his finger on the red button and, and who commands the most powerful superpower that the world has ever seen, um, then call me a birther. I guess I am. Now, if you mean you're calling me a birther because I have stomped my foot and declared I, quote, know for a fact that Barack Obama was not born in the United States, end quote, I have never said that officially in any way. Uh, so it depends on how one wants to use the term birther, but I want to remind you guys and your audience, the first birther was Hillary Clinton. And and Chris Matthews uh, verified that, and we've I've got all this on PNN. It's I mean we've got the, the 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 in fact I sent the transcripts just the other day to Mike Zulo. We were talking about this, and and the transcripts of uh, Chris Matthews' show are still on the internet. I had to dig, but I found them. Wherein early on in the campaign, Hillary Clinton in 2007, 2008, and all uh, when they were you know the the campaign was going on, Hillary Clinton was the leader. She just knew she was going to be crowned, and there was going to be a coronation, and she was going to be the president. And here was this senator from Illinois who, you know, had a Muslim background, and he did have a Muslim background. He wrote about it. Everybody knows he was raised in Indonesia in Muslim schools. That doesn't make him a get-down-on-a-prayer-rug-and-read-the-Koran-five-times-a-day kind of Muslim, but he had a Muslim background. And she was talking about that. And because all of a sudden, this guy was coming out of nowhere, and he was he was gaining traction. And Hillary Clinton, I was in a motel room in South Florida, getting ready to preach a conference, I turned on the television as I was getting dressed. I heard with my own ears and saw Hillary Clinton on camera say, she was, she was furious that this guy was gaining all this traction. She said, well, my campaign, we have information that Barack Obama is not even eligible. He's not even qualified to be, to, uh, not even eligible, not qualified. She said he's not eligible. We've got documentation that's going to completely rail, uh, railroad, uh, derail, excuse me, his campaign. And she said, I'll be releasing that information in the next four days. Well, when she said that, I mean, I had already been 
studying this because people were already making the allegations. And when, when I first heard the allegations that he wasn't born here, he was born in Kenya. Those were some of the first allegations. It was on the radio. I had callers calling me up saying this. I, I took them to task. I said, guys, that can't be. I, I, the powers that be wouldn't let a foreigner run for president. I said, that can't be. So, you know, my radar was up. I started researching. And the more I researched, the more disturbed I became. And then I hear Hillary Clinton say it while she's running. I mean, and, and the next thing I know, Chris Matthews actually in a hardball segment chews Hillary Clinton out, guys, not because um, she, they didn't call her a liar, but Chris Matthews chewed her out for revealing it. And he actually said that she said he was born in Kenya and and he was mad that she, quote, revealed it. You know, and so, I mean, this is unbelievable. Wow. Yet, here we are years later, we're still asking, where is this guy from? And, oh, you're birthers, you're ignorant, you're, you're, you're a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Well, excuse me, it all started with Hillary Clinton and Chris Matthews, two of the biggest liberals out there. And so I just say to your audience, please, please, and there's so much I can't say, but let, ju just hear me, guys. Think about this. As soon as he takes office, he spends $1.7 million. He locks down every identifying document in his life. Those documents are still locked down. The next thing I want your audience to remember is this. This is just common sense. There is not a single hospital in the United States that officially claims to be the birthplace of Barack Hussein Obama. Now, how can that be? America's first, quote, black president wins the Nobel Peace Prize within months of taking office, travels the world as some kind of messiah. Magazines actually use the word messiah in the early days of his, of his uh, taking, you know, the office. And, and there's not a hospital. That they don't, there's not a plaque on any wall. There's not a monument. There's not a statue. There's not been an official press release of how proud we are that he was born here. Not a single hospital in the United States claims to be the birthplace of this man. How, how odd is that? Now, that's not evidence that you can convict somebody on. That's what we call in law enforcement circumstantial evidence. But that's some pretty heavy-duty circumstantial evidence. So then, as you continue to explore this thing, you run into the stuff that Hillary Clinton knew and that Hillary Clinton found out. And so, I mean, I could go on and on with this. And then finally, and get this, guys, finally he puts a long-form birth certificate on the White House website. And remember, for several years prior to that, his press officer, and I can't even remember his name. He was the first one, and then he, he left. But he was telling those who were asking about a birth certificate because he, Obama had first put up a short form, and they were saying, we want a long form. We want to see a long form, not some little short form, little thing that you get. Anybody can get one from, of those from Hawaii. And, and they were telling us for two years, those don't exist anymore. Hawaii doesn't issue those anymore. There's no such thing anymore. After such and such a date, Hawaii quit giving out long form birth certificates. Well, the next thing you know, people who had long-form birth certificates started bringing them forth, and they were all over the Internet. The next thing you know, Donald Trump, who, by the way, is a good friend of Sheriff Joe Arpaio, Donald Trump comes forward publicly, and he becomes a birther, if you guys will remember that. He starts challenging yeah. Barack Obama. He offered to pay Barack Obama millions of dollars. 
that to give to charity, any charity of his choice, if he would release a a his documents, his identifying documents, and a birth certificate. That was about the same time Jerome Corsi's book was coming out. Where's the Where's the birth certificate? And just before all of that happened, magically, a long form birth certificate shows up on the White House website. You know, the document that they couldn't get, the document that we were lampooned for even asking about because they didn't produce it anymore, the document that was impossible to produce because there was no such thing, all of a sudden, because Donald Trump is challenging him, it shows up. Now, that's when document experts, just novice people as well as people that were in the industry, started pulling that PDF down and examining it, and within hours, all over the Internet, document experts were saying this thing is fishy it's got multiple layers it's got shadows it's got some 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 different fonts are used throughout i mean you know people within hours guys that's how sheriff arpaio got involved a few months after all of that um, his citizens, citizens of his county produced a, a, a document, a, a, um, a petition to him. Hundreds of signatures of his constituents said, we think we might have been defrauded in the presidential election in Maricopa County. We're asking our chief law enforcement officer to run an investigation on it. Now, I can tell you guys this. I know Mike Zulo very, very personally. We talk on the phone three to four times a week, and we have for years. As I said, we've been to Washington, D.C. together for days. Uh, we've been in each other's homes. Um, I've been in Arpaio's office behind closed doors with him twice at his request for two hours each time. I've been deputized by him. And I can tell you that um, that when how this all came about, Arpaio was confronted with this petition, and they were saying, please do this, investigate this, and Arpaio called in Mike Zulo, who was the chief investigator of his cold case posse, and this is what Arpaio told Zulo. Zulo told me this in the early days, and Arpaio has told me this several times. He said, I called in Mike Zulo, and I said to him, I want to be the sheriff to exonerate this man in the White House. Now, you got to remember, this was in the early, early days. He said, I don't believe, I think he was like me. It was incredulous to even believe that perhaps there was a fraud in the White House. And he told Mike Zulu, he said, I do not believe this document is fake. I do not believe it's a forgery or, or a fabrication. He says, I want you guys to investigate this. And he told Mike, he said, now I do want the truth. If it is a forgery or something, a, 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 a fabrication, I want to know. He said, but I want to be the man that exonerates him on this birth certificate thing. And Arpaio was running for office again. He's six-time elected sheriff. And he said, I'm getting so tired of going to these meetings, particularly Tea Party meetings, which were really popular back then. He says, and that's all they want to talk about is Obama and his birth certificate. He said, I'm getting tired of it. He says, so let's end this thing once and for all. So Mike Zulo who admit who admitted way back in the early days he knew nothing about any of this i mean he just he didn't watch all that stuff on the news and he just he said okay i you know sure we'll do it so he got together his posse his team there was some uh, there were some document experts some lawyers some ex investigators etc he sits down they go through it for hours they start smelling a rat they spend a few more days they went back to arpaio and zulo said sheriff sit down he said, I hate to tell you, but this thing stinks to high heaven.
And the sheriff said, what do you mean? He said, that thing that's on the White House website is fraught with problems. It is a complete fabrication. From there, a couple of years of investigation went into play. It's still going on deeply. Other doors have been opened. Other, other huge things have been revealed along the lines here. I can tell you a piece of information that Mike Zulo revealed on my program just a few weeks ago, and Sheriff Arpaio gave permission to reveal it, and that is that that information, their investigation is now in the hands of an international um, uh, document expert corporation that has stellar, stellar uh, uh, reputation around the world. And Arpaio said that he was getting information back from them that he hoped to soon release, not only to the world, but to take to, and his words were, if I have to take it in the back of a pickup truck and dump it in the FBI office, I will do it. And those were his words. So, I mean, so this thing's still going on, guys. This is no little thing. And so your first question, you know, who is he? Well, well, that's I, that, those are the things I want your people, your listeners to think about, guys. Sure. And, and the reason I asked that was really uh, because I, I truly believe, and we were on top of this back in 2008, following this very closely. And in fact, um, I, I have a great amount of respect for uh, Mr. Zillow. And in, in fact, uh, next time you talk with him, uh, make sure you tell him I said hello. He may not remember me. I, I've, I've had some conversations. No, I've had a few conversations. Okay, all right. No, he knows who you are, uh, and I'll probably talk to him tonight. You, you know, I, I have a, and just an enormous amount of respect for him, and, and I understand the limitations Imposed because of the law enforcement, uh, you know, uh, venue um, that 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 you folks are under, that you can't talk about certain things. I get that, but I also I, I want to say this too. I, I believe I, I know um, the author or the producer, the perpetrator. I don't know what word to use. The creator of that of that document. I, I think Mike Zulo knows that too. I, I, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just that's just my gut feeling. But um, and and spe- and we've interviewed Jerome Corsi on this as well. But the reason I mention all of this is I just found it very interesting the timing of this man Barry Satoro, a junior s- senator from Illinois, in 2008. Granted, the uh, 04 uh, uh, speech that he gave was you know was put him on the map, but the timing of this is a very suspect. And then to have him come into office in 08, and then from 08, his apology tour in Egypt in 09, which really set off the uh, uh, the, the firestorm in the Middle East. I really think that, that this was not happenstance, but this was planned out very carefully. And one of the critical components of, of the world, the geopolitical events, was having Obama at the helm uh, in his capacity to relate to uh, Muslim leaders in the in the Middle East. I don't know. That, that's just my kind of thinking, and maybe right. I'm I'm off. You know, but well, Doug, listen. A, a lot of people, um, uh, people of 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 wisdom and investigative skills, and thinkers and readers and researchers, uh, share your same opinion. And and I am along those same lines. Um, and I, I I can't get too detailed into all of it, but but I too think that there was a concerted effort, a planned effort, a scripted effort uh, behind much of this. Um, it, because here's the deal, guys: either this guy 
is the is the dumbest, most reckless, most uh, outrageously lawless, um, uh, egocentric idiot that we've ever had in office, or he knows exactly what he's doing, and 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 there are people pulling the strings with him or or on him. I mean, it's one of the two because I mean, how many times in these last eight years have have you two guys and I and many others, um, you know, how many times have we just scratched our head and said, "What is he thinking? What is he doing? What what is this? And why is it that nobody will challenge him? The courts don't challenge him. The media doesn't challenge him. Heck, Congress doesn't challenge him. They bluster, they blow, they threaten, but they never do anything." I mean, I mean, all the way back to the uh, the gun running scandal, Eric Holder, the NSA scandal, the FBI scandal, the IRS scandal, the Benghazi scandal. I mean, you know, uh, Arab Spring, the the eruption in the Middle East, uh, China, Russia, Iran, the nuclear. I mean, nobody challenges him. Yet the world's burning down, particularly in the Middle East, and most of it is by his doing or or you know at least his laying the foundation so it's either that this guy is the is the most reckless dumbest idiotic guy who's ever sat in the white house or watch this guys he is fundamentally changing america on purpose <laughs> wow well, nicely played by the way yes exactly um what else can be said except and and i and i do think that that of course the latter is true and i think that we are watching this unfold um as it was written and um you know the the biggest thing i see is a lot, a lot of times people today uh most people today aren't looking at current events through through the prism of the scripture and biblical prophecy and if they were it would be a sobering uh they would they would sober up pretty quickly yeah, um, you know, I, I really think that. I there, there's just so much to get into, and you are. So, by the way, you are such a talented writer, folks. I, I just I cannot say enough about Carl Gallup's Thank his you. writings. If you, World Net Daily uh, features his articles, but uh, CarlGallup's dot com uh, from there is as a springboard, of course. And some of your videos are just fantastic. Now, uh, before we get too far into in, in before we get to the break here, I want to, I want to ask, you have a, a radio show every Friday, right? Uh, yes. Freedom Friday? Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's called Freedom uh, Friday with Carl Gallops. Thank you. Yes. Okay. And, and th- that that's at 5 o'clock Eastern every Friday, correct? That's correct. 5 to 7 every Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Th- that's really, folks, you know, before, um, before you tune into our show, definitely that's really worth it. The, the two hours investment of time so go to carlgallops.com and, and right there on the left you'll see listen to Carl Live Freedom Friday and um, just hook up because he, you, you um, I'm, I'm just I'm just going through here you had a couple of I, I heard one I don't know it was it was, it was a, a week or two ago I'm not sure which but it was just a fast you've just got a tremendous platform there and I just want to thank you for for, oh, thank for you. Your radio pro- program. Um, all right. Wow. Where do we even go next? I, I got a question. Yeah. Go um, ahead, Carl. Let me go back to what you were talking about about the Obama birth certificate and, and where Trump mm-hmm. got involved. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you if you remember uh, right after Trump got involved and started making uh, noise about the long form birth certificate. About a week after that, I remember uh, a week after a press conference from Donald Trump. 
the president came out and announced the death of Osama bin Laden. Uh, do you remember that? Oh, when, yes. When he did that. And he, uh, oh, yes. What are your thoughts? Do you think that was a uh, misdirection to pull? I mean, because that's when the a lot of what you were talking about with the birth certificate, the anomalies, the um, people coming out with videos showing where the errors were on the long form, and Trump got involved, and, and it seemed like there started to be some momentum there. And then all of yeah. a sudden... That stopped after the announcement of the death of Osama bin Laden. Um, yeah. Do you think that yeah. was planned that way, or do you, uh, what's your thoughts on the Osama bin Laden death? Well, all I can give is my speculation. I, I, I've followed that. I've read everything I can get my hands on. I don't have any inside contacts on that story. Uh, not not deep inside. I've got some peripheral contacts, but I, I, I agree with you, Joe. I think I'm speaking with Joe, right? Is that that who I was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, I thought so. Uh, uh, but, Joe, I, I agree with you that I think that it was a, a, a chessboard play. I think it was a move, and here's what I mean. I think that our government has known, they knew where Obama was, I think they knew for a long time. And it's kind of like, this is just my opinion, okay, guys, but just from, from everything I've read and putting a, a, two plus two together, I'm coming up with four. I could be mistaken on this in the long run. We may find out years later. I was completely off base on this. But here's what I think happened. I think when Obama went in office, they knew where bin Laden was. And I think he put it in his back pocket for the ace he could pull when he needed it as a distraction. If he needed a boost in the ratings, if he needed to be seen as a national hero, if he needed to redirect something major in the news. And of course, if in fact, let's, I'm just going to use the word if, let's say if in fact he is illegally in the White House and he would know that, then they would know going in that there would be times where they would have to pull aces out of their back pocket to continue to manipulate the media and the information that the people are getting. So you're right. At about the same time that Trump comes out, who's a good friend of Arpaio, Arpaio's running this deep investigation, and Donald Trump comes out and starts jabbing, starts poking Obama in the chest on evening television news, and then offering millions of dollars for Obama to start releasing records. And I mean, you know, bottom line, guys, look, if I'm in that White House and I know I am perfectly legal, and somebody comes along that I think is an idiot. Now, I don't think Donald Trump's an idiot, but Obama did. If I think he's an idiot and he's offering me millions of dollars, I would get a hold of my White House attorney, and in 10 minutes I would be producing any records he wanted and say, give me the money. But you could only do that if you truly were legitimate. <laughs> and so right about that same time, Jerome Corsi, who I know personally, Jerome Corsi getting ready to release his book, uh, 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 Arpaio and Zulo doing a deep criminally forensic investigation, uh, Donald Trump, friends with Sheriff Arpaio, he comes out poking Obama in the chest, boom, up comes a birth certificate, we later find out is fabricated and, and, and forged and a, and, and a fraud, but up comes a birth certificate. The media picks it up and says, oh, well, there you go. There it is. Long-form birth certificate. There it is. He's an American citizen. Case closed. And the next thing you know, boom, Osama bin Laden. Look who I killed. I'm America's new hero. 
And you're right, Joe. It just all happened, just boom, boom, boom. And I, I think it was scripted. I think they knew where he was. I think they've been knowing, they knew for a long time. I think that ace was in his back pocket. And I think he thought he needed to play a trump card. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, no, we're, go ahead. No, go ahead. The, just a, a, a follow up. Do you think there was a time in, in that uh, area of time we just talked about where Trump decided, you know, I, I, I might have to run or, um, and we don't have to get into the breakdown of, of why Trump's running or even succeeding in this presidential race, but uh, do you think this played into it at all? You know, I, I don't have any inside information on that where I can say I know it played into it, but I suspect it did. I, I just, I, I, Donald Trump didn't get where he is by being a fool. And I'm sure with the money he has, the power, the influence he has internationally, I'm sure that he has a an investigation process. I, I mean, how easy would it be for him to instantly employ some of the best technological experts and investigative experts in the world? I'm sure he has reams and reams of information about Carl, I, I turned I turned over, um, and, and I'm trying to remember the date. It had to be three years ago now. I turned over some information to uh, Donald Trump's, one of his assistants, about our investigation into um, into Obama, into Barry Satoro, into, um, well, it had to do with uh, a source we had, or a source I had talked to, um, but but I turned the information over to, to Donald Trump. I mean, he, I said that to only to, to make sure that people understand that that Mr. Trump was very serious about yes. this because you know in order yes. for I mean who you know who am I just an investigator who, who develops some information. But it, yeah, it's it's interesting to, to to go back and to look at how all of this has been um, really choreographed in, in some respects and how Donald Trump has fit into things back then and and even today now in a whole different capacity. We've got about uh, 90 seconds before the top of the hour. In that time, Carl, do, do you mind just giving your new book coming out a plug? Um, or well, thank you. Your, you know, yeah, please, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, thanks. I, I, I can give the title because I think it's uh, already available for pre-order in digital format, but it will be out in a deluxe softcover edition, full-size book uh, by fall. So I'm not allowed to go into great detail, uh, detail by detail, but I can give you the general overview. It's called When the Lion Roars, um, Understanding the uh, Prophetic Implication of Our Times. And and it comes that 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 title it comes from Amos uh, chapter three verses eight and nine uh, where and I'm paraphrasing I don't have the scriptures right in front of me but it basically starts off by saying when the trumpet blows in a city is that not a warning from God has not God done this when judgment comes and then it goes on to say when the lion roars who can help but prophesy and and of course the lion being the word of God or the lion of Judah the word that became flesh Jesus himself and prophecy so in other words when the word of God says something and you're the first generation to see it happen, well, if one thing happened like that, that would be pretty startling. But what if dozens of things like that happened? And that's what's no, going on in the world wait. right now. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And, of course, your current bestsellers, Be Thou Prepared, The Rabbi Who Found uh, Messiah, Final Warning, The Magic Man in the Sky. Yeah, thanks. All of these available on Amazon. Go to carlgallops.com. 
and uh, springboard from there. Folks, you're listening to the very special edition of the Hagman Hagman Report. Uh, we'll be back here right after the top of the hour. Stay right where you're at. This is the Global Star Radio Network. You may never look at city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this this hour of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are so blessed, and I mean blessed, to, to have with us Carl Gallops. Uh, go to, folks, go to carlgallops.com, not G-A-L-L-U-P-S, all right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, a, he's an author, talk show host, uh, uh, a prolific author, and featured on, on World Net Daily, and, of course, uh, I just can't say enough good about about Carl Gallops. So pleased to have him with us. Before we get back to Mr. Gallops, I want to mention that, of course, uh, portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by Minuteman Rocket Stove, folks. What a great product! What a great what what a what a great design. We tried it. You heard from the creator of Minuteman Rocket Stove. Mr. Lane Miller. Yeah, Lane Miller. Yeah, he was on. Go back to 7.30, around 7.30, our first hour, halfway through. uh, Lane came on, and and we talked about his stove. And if you watch our YouTube video, you can actually see the stove or go to minutemanstove.com. And you know what? In in a power outage, a storm situation, whatever situation you might find yourself in, you've got, hopefully, long-term storable food from American Survival Wholesale, You've got your nutritional products from Health Masters. You've got, but 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 going back to the food, do, do you have an ability? Do you have the ability to cook it? Well, Minuteman Rocket Stove, they provide you with that ability, folks. Visit their website. That's MinutemanStove.com, right? Yep, Am I right? MinutemanStove.com or MinutemanStove at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, right. concerns. Uh, you can contact them there, but MinutemanStove.com. All right. Uh, two two more things here. Tomorrow night, Tom Horn, Nita Horn, and Steve Quill will, will be with us. Tomorrow night, Tom Horn is going to be giving information. I, I doubt that many people have heard. going to break it on our program. 
get to know the real Tom Horn and what really has gone on in his life to, to, to bring him where he's at today. But, of course, before that show tomorrow night, from 5 to 7, tune in to Pastor Carl Gallup's Freedom Friday Radio. Just go to carlgallops.com and make sure you're there at 5 o'clock. That'll listen. You can tune right in every Friday, Freedom Friday Radio with Carl Gallops. And one more thing, too. Don't forget, remember, speaking of Tom Horn, we had him on about a different subject. This was about a week ago. The final Roman emperor, the Islamic Antichrist, and the Vatican's last crusade. Now, I kind of was wrestling with Tom a little bit that the Islamic Antichrist had, to me, had implications that the Antichrist would be Islamic or you know, he was settling into that uh, mindset. And he said, no, 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 you, you got to read, you know, read into this. Anyway, uh, Tom Horn and Chris Hot, Put, Putnam's book, The Final Roman Empire, Excuse me, the five, five Yeah, I can. <laughs> can I talk or what? I got no business being on the, the radio. Final Roman Emperor, <sighs> really? Yes, but the go to Islamic Antichrist. Right, go to skywatchtv.com, and when you input in the comments section, uh, I heard you on the Hagman Report. Just, just put our name in there, okay? You'll get uh, six free books, three with three DVDs, the new book. And uh, and it's while well, supplies last for I don't know I think it was like 1995, and, and and it's over $200 worth of books and information. So take advantage of that. Just use our name because that gets you the the $200 in products free, and it's a great deal. And there's no limit on the number you can buy. Uh, I hey don't tell anybody, but we bought six. Okay, the reason we bought six is well, you know, give them away. So, anyway, folks, uh, that's Skywatch TV tomorrow night with Tom Horn uh, on our program. And then, of course, before that, Carl Gallops. Now, uh, at the end of the last hour, we were talking about, to Mr. Gallops, Pastor Gallops, Carl, about uh, the Obama birth certificate issue, his, well, more accurately, his constitutional eligibility to hold the office that he does hold. And it's my view that, of course, he doesn't hold that. Now, uh, I just want to make it clear, uh, very clear, that I've got we, I personally and we together, have the utmost respect for the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, Mike Zulo in particular, Sheriff Arpaio, and every individual part of the cold case policy that is looking into this. And please understand, folks, when we were talking with Carl before the uh, uh, before the break about this issue, as an investigator, he knows a heck of a lot, but there's limitations you can't really say a whole lot because and you can't even you can't even get close to the real some of the things that you can't say because well you just can't because you've got uh, law enforcement restrictions legal restrictions that's right so, we talked about a number of other yeah. things there spring the prophecies yeah, yeah. that are being fulfilled in our time and uh kind of went into trump and, and other things and um i know we want to open up this hour by talking about the evangelical case for Trump. and Yes, we do. Now, before we do that, however, Carl, welcome back. And is there anything that you'd like to cover before we move on into, yeah. The, yeah. The, into that? Yeah. Doug, Joe, thank you so much for having me on your show. And, uh, yeah, welcome back, audience, to the second hour. Really looking forward to this. <laughs> Doug, thank you for asking me that because, Joe, yes, I would love to talk about the evangelical case for Trump. Boy, I have been writing a lot, speaking a lot, radio, television, Fox News featured me one night on this topic. So, yes, I want to talk about it. But, Doug, yes, during the break, 
I thought of something huge, something very sensational, something very important, something that a lot of your audience may not have ever heard before concerning the birth certificate case and something that has been revealed very recently in federal transcripts of a federal court hearing that much of the mainstream media hasn't even broached the topic, and I am now at liberty to give this information to your audience since it is in the transcripts of a federal court hearing, and I can give this information and maybe expand upon it a little bit for your audience, and for most of them it might be the first time they've ever heard it. Are you guys interested in that? Absolutely. We, we we just had to think about that for a second. She wish. No, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be funny, and I'm, I don't mind telling you when you paused, it scared me a little bit. No, no. We had to look at each other here. And, <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's it's amazing. No, we, oh yeah, let's let's rock and go for okay. it. Okay, let's rock. Well, I want to give you this, and then let's get into the evangelical case for Trump. But here's the thing, and as I give it, you might have questions and and you know things that I'm not thinking of. I'd be glad to answer. But here's the deal. Um, as I said, Mike Zulo and I have been very close. He's been on my show a lot. Now, he's done a lot of other shows. He's done your show and I, many, many shows. He's been on TV, been on radio, so I'm not like the only person he talks to. But he and I are very good friends, and we talk a lot, several times a week. But he's been on my show a lot. Now, some time back, and please forgive me on the timing and the dates. You know, the older we get, the the, the harder it is for us to remember <laughs> dates and times. And, you know, time just gets uh, morphed into these uh, time segments. But some time back, Mike Zulo was on my show, and it's been probably a year and a half ago now, and he said something along the lines, here very soon, in a few months, we're hoping to have a big conference. We're going to reveal what we have, and and we've got some really powerful information. And everybody was excited. People were reporting it. Uh, people were talking about it. The time came and went, and all of a sudden, Mike Zulo and Sheriff Arpaio kind of went dark. And, of course, the detractors started mocking and harassing. And, look, they lied. They're a bunch of frauds. They're fakes. They don't have anything. But here's what happened, guys. And now we can talk about it. When they were getting ready to go forward with what they had, and what they had, and still have, of course, was very powerful. But here's what happened. During that time, a confidential informant came forward right out of CIA contract services. We now know the guy's name. Well, you know, I knew it way back then, but I mean, now the public knows. His name is Dennis Montgomery. Now, you can do some research on this guy. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, the guy's a little shady, but let me tell you who he is and what he did and where he is now, because this is going to really be sensational for your listeners that don't know this. This guy, right when Mike and, and Sheriff were getting ready to come forward, and they and they were announcing, look, a couple months, we're coming forward, coming forward, coming forward. Then, boom, they went dark. I mean, nobody heard anything from them. And then Mike Zulu came on my show, and he said, guys, this investigation has taken a deep, dark turn. And he said, we have universe-shattering information. That was the word he used. And, of course, the detractors mocked and used that all over the Internet. Where is this so-called universe-shattering information? But what happened was a guy who was a contract worker for the CIA got f 
fired by the CIA eventually, got investigated by the FBI, got rehired by the CIA. You can go read his history. And the guy's got some really screwy stuff in his past, but a lot of these brainiacs do. His name is Dennis Montgomery, and he has testified. Oh, excuse me, he hasn't testified, but it is entered in testimony through audio clips of Dennis Montgomery talking and and or investigators talking about their conversations with Dennis Montgomery. He revealed that he was involved in developing CIA, NSA, I think, software, governmental software, used to break into... Um, uh, any institutional computer uh, network that the government wanted to. And I'm talking big stuff. Governments, banks, state governments, uh, you know, whatever they wanted to break into. And he brings this to Arpaio and Zulo. And, um, of course, he says, um, look, he says, I can show you where hundreds of thousands of Maricopa County citizens and you know, you guys got to know some important people live in Maricopa County. I mean, judges, federal judges. Uh, uh, I think Donald Trump was living there, may, might still have a house there. Um, I think uh, Chief Justice, um, uh, what's his name, on the Supreme Court, uh, I think he's got a place in Maricopa County. Um, J- Roberts, isn't that his name? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, bl- I believe he, I believe he does actually. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm not suggesting that that Dennis had information on these guys. I'm just saying that he brings forth, you know, all of these names of 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 people, and he's saying, look, look at all this information that that we get from this program, and right here in your county, and and there were other allegations about, um, you 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 know, breaking in and tapping into various things, and and so that just that opened up a whole deeper, darker, newer thing, but in this whole process. Montgomery also supplied information, get this guys, about the birth certificate and who might have been involved and how it was done and what that was all about. And that, along with all the other stuff, just went deep and dark. And all everything that I've said in one way or another is now in federal testimony. But hey, hey, have you heard anybody reporting on this? Have you heard this in mainstream media? No, no. In fact, all you get from mainstream media are little snippets about well, this nut job and and this guy that got fired and and this idiot and you know disparaging the guy. And as I said, you can read his past. He's got some you know some things that make you kind of scratch your head. But here's the bottom line. You know where he is now. He is now yeah. under he is now under immunity in two different levels, including uh, uh, as a material witness in a criminal investigation um, by he's under immunity by the FBI. <laughs> I mean the FBI yeah. has taken him in at, because of all this stuff that came up in this federal court hearing. And because of Zulo's trips to Washington and speaking with federal judges, et cetera, et cetera, and it's a long story, and the whole story might be too boring for your audience, but the bottom line is this guy who the media is desperately trying to disparage, but the FBI is now using him and have given him complete immunity, and they're using him to conduct a deep 
level criminal investigation. So See, I'm telling yeah. you guys, this story is not over with yet. Mike Zulo is not a liar. Sheriff Arpaio is not a liar. I am not a liar. Um, we are not idiots. Um, you know, c could I get information wrong sometimes? Of course. Could I misspeak sometimes? Of course. Uh, when I find that out, I make it right. But we're not making this stuff up. And exactly. so this is the kind of stuff that's going on. People are asking, well, when's something going to come forward? Well, Sheriff Arpaio has said, Zulo has said, as soon as we get somebody in office that will actually allow the attorney general. I mean, who's, who's, who's Arpaio going to take it to? The attorney exactly. general? Exactly. Who's he going to take it to? A do-nothing Congress? Who's he going to take it to? A federal court packed with all of these liberal idiots? I mean, you know, so, so like Arpaio just recently said, if we can get somebody in there who actually knows what's going on and understands this and will open up some of these avenues, he said, I will take it and dump it in the lobby of the CIA, the FBI, whoever. And you got to remember, Sheriff Joe Arpaio was 30-year federal lawman before he was a six-time elected Maricopa County Sheriff. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, not only that, he was international. He was a director, a field operations director in Mexico and in the Middle East and in the western United States. I mean, Arpaio is the real deal. He is a modern-day Wyatt Earp on steroids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got the creds, uh, believe me. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing to the audience, and especially, please, to the conservatives out there who are listening to this, politically social conservatives who are listening to this. You know, you're not watching a one-hour crime drama play out um, where time compression is the key component here. Um, this, this is something very serious. And, you know, I remember, i got to tell you, I remember uh, Mike Zulo saying, universe-shattering information. And then, yeah, things went dark. And, and I saw the blowback, especially from conservatives saying, oh, it's just another, you know, it's just a way to struggle for relevance and to, you know, or whatever the uh, muck and mire was, whatever the pejorative mm -hmm. situation yep. was. And instinctively, and after talking with some other people on the periphery of this investigation, not knowing exactly, of course, not knowing the details, um, like you, but, but just having an inkling, including Jerome Corsi, um, uh, and, you know, I, I, I thought, wow, people really don't understand the, uh, the, the depth of, of your investigation. The, the depth of the investigation uh, conducted by uh, Sheriff Arpaio's office, including right. uh, Hitler, or led by Sher or, um, Mike Zillow. And, and again, my respect goes out to his um, abilities and his investigative, the depth of his investigation, your investigation, the, the investigation of the cold case posse. Thank you. And, and if no one has said thank you to, to, to you folks, we want to say thank you because it ain't easy. And it's not like on yeah. television. And, no, uh, yeah, you're and right. We'll, and we'll, when you're a captured operation, that's right. Who do you take it to? Right. Who's going right. to, you know? 
No, listen, you, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head, Doug. Thank you for your kind words. I'm, I'm sure that uh, Mike Zulu is either listening or will listen, and the sheriff will know about this, so I know they will appreciate it. And, and let me just <clears throat> make this clear. I, I'm not a, a, a full-fledged official cop. I'm a pastor. Um, I didn't stay in a Holiday Inn last night. I don't play one on TV. I'm not trying to play cop. I'm not claiming that I'm in, in deeply involved in the investigation process of this. But I'm saying I've been involved from the almost the beginning at a communications level, at a at a kind of a media level, at getting information out, and then becoming personal friends with Arpaio and Zulo, uh, going to Washington with Zulo, assisting him and getting some contacts. Uh, so I'm involved at that level. Uh, but Mike Zulo and Sheriff Arpaio and whoever else they have engaged in this process, and, and I know some names, but I'm just saying, and these other people, um, they are the ones, they are the ones that have done all the dog work, the leg work, Mike Zulo especially. I mean, good God. He was away from home for months at the time, flying all over the nation, literally meeting with people, uh, investigating, searching records, uh, going back and forth to Washington, D.C. I mean, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, and I know he appreciates, and I will relay your message to him, uh, what Thank you've you. just said. And, and you're right, and, and I want your listeners to understand that what you said is exactly right. This is not tabloid journalism. This is a, an investigation that goes all the way to to the White House and maybe yeah. beyond, and 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 in deep dark places, deep dark levels. I want your audience to hear me. We have a CIA contract worker who developed software to break into government records, who is now a material witness and under uh, immunity with the FBI. And I mean, it, this is huge stuff, and it's even deeper than that, guys. There's more to it than that that I can't even talk about. And mm. and you got to remember, look at the timing of all this. So you have Trump coming out; he jabs his finger in in, in Obama's chest. Cor Corsi's coming out with where's the uh, birth certificate. Next thing you know, he releases this document. It turns out to be a fabrication and a fraud, and it's a document that his own press people said for two years didn't even exist. They couldn't even get. They laughed at us, but yet they magically produced one. Then a few weeks later, a few days later, uh, magically Osama bin Laden is found and killed. The whole news cycle changes. Now we're going forward with uh, a presidential campaign. Who's running? Who's in the forefront of all people? It's Donald Trump. And, yeah, what, are they, right. and, and, yeah. and what are they doing to Sheriff Joe Arpaio? Coincidentally, dragging him into federal court, trying to sue him and or press criminal charges on him at the same time he's running for sheriff, at the same time he's endorsing Donald Trump, at the same time he's talking about this information he has that he's going to release, at the same time that Dennis Montgomery is now a material witness and under immunity with the FBI. It just coincidentally happens that a federal judge in Arizona is now dragging Arpaio and his uh, team into federal court and trying to grind down that whole process. Guys, it's like Mike Zulo said, this is deep and dark. This is not tabloid journalism, and your listeners need to understand this is for real. And so it's going to take a while, and it's not something that can be done in a time right. compression of an hour. And, and, I'll, and I'll just say this. I would ask each, each and every one listening to this broadcast, um, Knowing what little I know uh, compared to uh, uh, Carl Gallup's and, and of course Mike Zillow and everything, but knowing what little I know, I would ask each and every one of our listeners to, um, when you hit your knees tonight, uh, please pray 
pray for the safety of, of uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, for, yes, uh, for Mike Zullo, for, for Carl, for you, uh, and for everyone involved in this, because we are really fighting the some 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 heavy duty. I mean, we're, we're going toe-to-toe with Satan. Actually, one of our listeners, Bill, just wrote um, that, uh, you know, with respect to the the eligibility issue, it's been going on since 07. It confirms the total corruption of the whole system. And, and he asks rhetorically, can we honestly think that this will be fixed? Well, you know, we have to try. As Christians, we, that's the thing. We're not passive spectators in this. We must try. Uh, we must do what we can. And uh, thank you for doing everything that you're doing. God bless you. And, and folks, please support Carl Gallup's, uh, the Maricopa County uh, uh, Initiative, the Cold Case Posse, Mike Zullo. And, and please, please spread the word, too, because we need to keep the pressure on, and we can prevail. We can win on the numbers alone if we just get uh, people to show up. Uh, Carl, I, again, thank you so much for all of that. And, uh, of course, Loretta Fuddy, too. just happened to think about Loretta Fuddy and... and you know the death of Fadi, the gatekeeper of the records out there in uh, Hawaii. That was a very interesting uh, soft landing of a plane. Of course, you're familiar with, with Fadi and oh yeah, what happened there. You know, so <laughs> oh yeah. But but rather than go, go on that route, because we're we're getting close on time here. Um, hey, I'm gonna want I'm gonna vote for Jesus. Okay, now I, I don't know. I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten anytime we talk about the election from Christians who say, you know, I'm gonna vote for Jesus. I'm not sure how, exactly how we do that, Carl, but uh, you make a really great case, and I would urge everyone to go to carlgallops.com, uh, watch, listen, read everything that Carl says, because Pastor Carl, as a pastor, Carl, you make a very good case for um, who we should vote for and our involvement as Christians in this election. I'm just going to turn you loose. What's the evangelical case for Donald Trump in this in, in this situation. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, listen, uh, again, let me just kind of delve into it and, uh, again, just get ready to hit me with questions. And and feel free, play devil's advocate and or don't play. If you disagree with something I say, please challenge me on it. I, I, I want us to be able to, to really vet this thing and to air it because it is complex, and I know that. And I, I am not um, – I have no desire to speak down – to my brothers and sisters in Christ. I get very passionate about this, and you'll hear me when I unwind here in a moment. Um, uh, but, but please, d- d- don't, don't think that I think that I've got this all figured out and I'm looking down my nose at those who don't because I don't have it all figured out. It's very complex. I, I, I want to settle some things. Listen, I, to, to go ahead and give this disclaimer, I was asked by the Trump campaign officials in the Trump campaign to open his rally in Pensacola, Florida um, some months back in prayer to open the Donald Trump rally when he came to Pensacola. It was a huge rally. They, were, they used the biggest civic center we have in the area, it, and, and there were some fourteen to 15,000 people in the civic center, 5,000 people outside that were turned away at the door. I mean, it was just huge. And 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 I opened that in prayer, and, and I was honored to do so. Um, but you know, when they called me and asked me, I asked them, I said, look, I, you know, I'm a preacher. Can I pray in Jesus' name? Because if they had said, no, no, you can't mention Jesus, well, I wouldn't have done it. 
But they said, of course you can. I said, okay. I said, can I call our nation to repentance? I said, I'm not going to be preachy, but can I just pray from my heart that we just need to repent as a nation and, and, and ask for God to put his hand over us? They said, absolutely, you can. That's why we're asking you. I said, okay. I said, am I required to endorse Donald Trump in my prayer? I said, not that I'm opposed to endorsing him, but that's not the time or the place, and I'm a pastor, and that's not my responsibility. Am I required to do that? And they said, absolutely not. So even people that were didn't want to support Trump or don't want to, and they were kind of looking at me saying, what are you doing, you know, opening prayer for Donald Trump? You know, and my answer to that was, I would open Hillary Clinton's rally if she said, I could pray in the name of Jesus, I could call the nation to repentance, and I didn't have to endorse her. Be why? Because I'm a pastor. That's what I do. And if somebody's going to put me on a stage before international television cameras and a live audience of 15,000 people, and I get to talk about Jesus and the Word of God, guys, I'm going to do it. I don't care if Bernie Sanders gives me that opportunity, okay? So I just want to say that right up front. However, I have come to the place and am at the place where I am vehemently begging Evangelicals especially. These are, these are the people that seem to have the most trouble with all of this. Not all of them, but, but, but they do. To please go to the polls this November. And, e and even, I'm going to sound cute now, but even if you have to wear a hazmat suit and hold your nose and put on an oxygen mask, pull the lever for Donald Trump. Because here's the bottom line, folks. On November 9th, the morning of November 9th, Somebody is going to be commander-in-chief. Somebody is going to be either upholding our Second and First Amendment rights or destroying them. Somebody is going to be appointing a Supreme Court justice. Somebody's going to have their finger on the red button. Somebody is going to be either guarding our borders or letting our borders fall apart and letting our nation fall apart. Somebody is going to fix this economy or either continue to destroy it. And right now, there are only two people. Now, all things being equal today, I don't know what's going to happen. Hillary Clinton might get indicted. Donald Trump could have a heart attack. I mean, five months is a long time. But as of right now, right now, it's Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. It might be Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders. The, the Democrats may go crazy and put in a Joe Biden at the last moment. We don't know. But what I'm saying to, the, to your audience is, look, people say, well, I've got a moral dilemma. Listen to me, folks. The moral dilemma is not whether Donald Trump is a perfect man or a shining example of Christianity or not. That's not the moral dilemma. We've never had a perfect candidate, ever, ever. And people that say, well, I can't vote for Donald Trump because he's just not a very good Christian. My question is, who have you ever voted for in the general election then? Bill Clinton sang in the choir at a Baptist church in Little Rock, Arkansas, Emmanuel Baptist Church. Jimmy Carter taught Sunday school at a Baptist church in Plains, Georgia. Barack Obama claimed to be a Christian, went on television with Rick Warren and promised us if we put him in office, he would uphold one man, one woman marriage. He promised us he would do that. Um, I mean, so, so, I mean, talk to me about, I mean, Ronald Reagan, people say, Ronald Reagan, he's my man. Okay. Well, then he admitted to the New York Times right after taking office that he and his wife continually uh, consulted astrology uh, charts and astrologers uh, to determine their daily scheduling. I mean, that's about as ungodly as you can get. 
Now, later on, when he was shot, he gave testimony that he had a life-changing experience, gave his life to the Lord. That's awesome. But you didn't vote for him under those conditions. So I tell people that, that say, you know, well, my conscience won't let me. What, what, what do you mean by that? We're at a crossroads, guys. Our nation is falling apart. Our borders are porous. Our Supreme Court hangs in the balance. All we have to have is one liberal judge appointed, and your Second Amendment rights are gone. Hillary Clinton has already declared that she will take away the Second Amendment rights. She hates the Second Amendment. She said that. She said those words. So, so I mean, somebody's going to support uh, uh, appoint a Supreme Court justice. Listen, if your listeners are having trouble with this, I want to say to you, after eight years of Barack Obama, you can't tell me that presidential elections don't matter. Look what has happened in the Middle East. Look at Arab Spring. Look at ISIS. Look at the tens of thousands of Christians who have lost their lives because of all of this. Look at Russia and China in the Middle East. Look at Iran. Look at our borders. Look at ISIS cells in all 50 states of the United States. Look at tens of thousands of Muslim immigrants and refugees pouring into this nation under Obama's direction. Look at what has happened to our economy. Look at what has happened to Obama uh, uh, health care. Look at what has happened to the transgender order over our all of our public schools out of the White House telling our children, our little girls, that men can come into their showers and locker rooms and bathrooms. I'm telling you, folks, presidential elections matter. You can sit around and talk about conscience all you want, but until Jesus Christ takes the throne and rules and reigns according to the Word of God, we will never have a perfect human uh, candidate. What we always have to do, yes, I'm going to say it, vote for the lesser of the two evils. Because if you don't, or you vote third party, or you check out and, and, and pretend like you're sitting on a hill with a white robe on because you're so righteous, what you have really done is you've ensured that the greater of the two evils goes in office. And I'm challenging Christians, how will you look at your children and grandchildren on November the 9th and say, here's what daddy or mommy did for you and your future. We didn't vote because our conscience wouldn't let us. Or we voted for a third-party candidate that we knew could never have a chance of winning. And so now Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden or some other Obama clone is in office and our borders are still porous. You've lost your Second Amendment rights. Your First Amendment rights are going following closely behind. The economy is still going to be turned into a third world economy. The one-worlders are now in control and they're going to take this nation and wring it out. They're going to continue to destroy and dismantle the military. That's what I handed you, dear child. Now, having said all of that, let me make it clear. I do not think Donald Trump is the savior of America. Jesus Christ is. And God's people, pulpits, have got to man up. And pews have to get strong and courageous. We have got to repent. We have got to get involved, be involved, get engaged, and stay engaged. Listen, I'll tell you why Barack Obama has two, had two terms of service. Because um, various national polling agencies have declared it's in writing. You can Google it. You can check it out uh, at, 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 at uh, the Barna polls, the, the Pew polls. Here's the deal. Tens of millions of people who claim to be Christians in America didn't even register to vote. And of the ones that did register to vote, less than 50% of them actually voted. Now, folks, guys, Doug, Joe, Think about the ramifications of that. Bush and Gore, 
that election was determined by the Supreme Court over 200 votes out of Florida. Can you imagine if tens and tens and tens of millions of Christians who have pretty much checked out of the whole process of being the salt and light that Jesus told us to be, they've checked out. And what do they say? Well, there's not a perfect candidate. My conscience won't let me. You know, I'm voting for Jesus. Well, I vote for Jesus with my life every day. Of course. Of course I do. But in the meantime, Jesus has put us in the United States of America, the largest Christian nation this world has ever known, more freedom than, than anyone has ever had, the ability to run for office, to redress our government, to vote for our leaders, and tens of millions of us check out. And then we wonder what's happening. We sit around and complain about the nation being flushed down the toilet. And, oh, well, it must be God's will. Well, <laughs> that just doesn't make sense to me. And so, and so I'm begging Christians, please, boil it down to this. On November 9th, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton is going to be president. Donald Trump is a nationalist. Hillary Clinton is a globalist. Donald Trump says he wants to make America great again. Hillary says she wants to keep doing what Barack Obama's doing. Donald says, I want to seal the borders and give us some peace and some security and, and vet this thing. Hillary says, that's idiotic. We're going to keep letting it rip. Trump says, I will take care of Obamacare day one when I'm in there. Hillary says, I'm going to ramp it up on steroids. I mean, we can go down the list. Trump says, sure. I'm going to put a conservative justice on the Supreme Court. Hillary says, I'm going to put a leftist, progressive, uh, transgender, homosexual loving person on the Supreme Court and somebody that hates the Second Amendment. I mean, that's what we're left with. Now, I know Trump could lie to us. I know he could wind up being worse than Obama. I know that. He could be a big, fat liar when it's all said and done. I get it. Obama did. He, he came before us and, and told us that he was a Christian and that he would always support man-woman marriage. But look how that turned out. So, so Trump could do the same thing. But look at everything about his life, and it's very doubtful that that will happen. Plus, if I've got to try to influence Donald Trump or try to influence Hillary Clinton, I think my chances are a whole lot better with Donald Trump. So that's where we are, folks. I know people don't like it. I know it's not comfortable. I know some people are mad at me now. But all I can say is, on November 9th, it's going to be one of those two. And I'm begging Christians, please don't sit at home, or you might wind up being the instrument that puts the greater of two evils in. And I'm telling you, four more years or eight more years of Obama-type leading on steroids, this nation is done, guys. Amen to that. And folks, go to carlgallops.com and check out the um, the, the essay. This goes back in the in mid May, and I, I read this shortly after it was published. Uh, after you wrote it, Carl, and and I just I, I really, um, I mean I, I actually I printed it out and it's it's in, it's in my office on my desk still. But uh, the title of the essay, the article is "The Moral Dilemma of Voting for Donald Trump?" Question mark. Yeah, hypocrisy or hype. I, I like what you say in there, um, and, and you kind of gave a, a verbal summary of that. But I, it, it, the the Christian aspect of this, uh, in particular, where you write, Scripture commands us to engage the culture, to be the salt and light. Uh, 
Yeah. And we see this today. You know, we, we see Christians that, it, it, for whatever reason, it, they're not engaging. They're, they're, they're passively watching. And we're not called for that. We have to play our positions and, and do it very well. Do it according to, to the Bible. Now, you know, and I also like what you say too. Yeah, I, I'm not voting for a pastor. I'm not voting for a minister. Uh, I'm voting for a president. And, right. and yeah. you know, it's it's really, um, and also living and voting in a godless Babylon does call for wisdom and prayer, as you write in discernment and courage. Yes. So you know, you're right on the money with this. And if at the end of the day, on on the 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 day of the election, national election, we're we're left with a Donald Trump or on one side, or a Hillary or Sanders or Biden on the other side. Well, I mean, is there really a choice for for a Christian? Of course not. I, I would like to see Donald Trump come out and say, you know what? I'd, uh, my first day in office, I would close down the uh, Planned Parenthood abortuaries. I, I, you know, uh, I, I will make uh, I rescind uh, or you know uh, address the homosexual uh, marriage agenda. But again, uh, baby steps, and then who knows? Perhaps right. he'll do that uh, down the road. But very, very well well written piece. By the way, thank you. You're very kind, Doug and Joe. And and let me just say, on Donald Trump's own Facebook site, apparently in his own hand because he signed it and said it was from him, and it was on his Facebook site, he wrote quite a lengthy piece about his evolution over the years into a pro-life position. And in that piece, and I'm having to paraphrase, but on his own Facebook site, in his own hand, he promised that when he took office, he would work hard to end um, abortion for convenience, abortion on demand. Um, and, you know, that's this whole sticky subject. You know, what about rape? What about incest? I, I, I know there are all kinds of arguments, but the bottom line is he said on his own Facebook site, listen, I am pro-life. I am pro-life, and I will use my power to do what I can to end this insanity of just go down and get an abortion for convenience sake. So I think he's going to be very easy to convince on these things. The other thing that I tell people about Donald Trump is, look, if you've got to deal with Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden, if you've got to deal with one of these people on supporting evangelical Christians, allowing us to minister in freedom, not being targeted by the radical gay agenda, uh, these these radical transgender agendas, the radical movements, uh, the radical Islamic agendas. If you know, who do you think is more you know uh, open to that? I mean, he, he's raised in the Presbyterian tradition, um, claims to be a Christian, gives testimony that he's a Christian. Is he as deep as the three of us think that we are? Uh, probably not, at least according to my quote judgment. I'm making air quotes right here um you, you you know but but that remains to be seen neither was ronald reagan the man never set foot in a church service the entire eight years of his presidency and i know people say well he said that was because it would put people in danger well i know but that's we've got methods for that i mean uh every other president has set their foot inside of churches and barack obama has and he's in you know about the same popularity with a different group of people overall but as ronald reagan was so so i just want people to realize don't don't hold up ronald reagan as this bastion of christianity because he just wasn't 
That's kind of folklore that we've put out there. Was he the greatest president in my lifetime, in my opinion? Yes, and that's my point. God can use a Ronald Reagan, who was an actor. God can use a Donald Trump, who's a reality TV star <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a construction mogul. He, he can use a Pharaoh. He can use a Nebuchadnezzar. He can use a King, King Cyrus of Persia. He can use these people, and he can use them to bless God's people. Will God do that in this case? I don't know. Donald Trump's saying the right things. I want to make America great again. I want to bring us back to a more nationalistic understanding. I want to go back to our roots and our foundation. I want our Constitution revered and the rule of law obeyed. I want to bring industry back. I want to bring corporations back. I want to bring good paying jobs back. I want to bring, I want to guard our borders. I want to vet our immigrants. I mean, on and on and on he goes with things that I'm going, yes, yes, I can't remember a president in my lifetime that had a platform like that. Now, whether or not he does it, we'll see. But when you look at his platform and look at Hillary's platform, my goodness, Christians, please get out and vote. Give us some breathing room. That's all we need. Let me be the pastor. Let you be the Christian. I don't want I don't want a priest or a pope running this country. I want a man up there who will be a commander in chief and the CEO of this nation and who will keep his promises and make America great again. Let me be the one that gets out there and takes the gospel to the world because I now have the freedom to do so. Very well said, Carl. Um we had about 10, 11 minutes left. If you can, I'd like to get your take on the Democratic side of this. The Hillary Clinton-Bernie Sanders race doesn't seem to be over, even though the, the DNC and the media really has already sealed it up for Hillary in words. Uh, we see now that Sanders is getting a late push in California. Uh, many say that doesn't matter because the number of delegates will put Clinton over the top no matter what. But I've been doing some research on the Democratic National Convention process and, and the options in front of Sanders. And I've also learned that Sanders, for some reason, is polling better than Trump versus uh, Trump and Hillary. Uh, polling Trump is ahead of Hillary. In, in recent polling, it shows that Sanders is ahead of Trump, which polling is very... Uh, you know, relative and subjective here. I mean, you don't have a, yeah, there's tons of wiggle room. They're always wrong, it seems. But what would be the best candidate for Trump to run against, in your opinion? And secondly, do you see a way where Clinton might be taken out of the election for health reasons, for, you know, the indictment under the guise of health reasons, or just to put Sanders in there to run against Trump? Yeah, boy, you've said a mouthful there, Joe. You asked about six different questions, and they were all <laughs> and they were all excellent. <laughs> I don't know if I can remember them all, but let me just start stabbing at them. Um, this has been fascinating to watch. Listen, one thing that all of us have seen now, let, let, uh, Republicans and Democrats. Let me say it like this: I've known this for years, and you guys have known this for years. We've been talking about it for years, but the vast majority of America thought we were conspiracy theorists. The media accused us of being tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorists, right-wing nut jobs. But what have we been saying for years? That when it boils right down to it, presidents aren't elected nearly as much as they are selected. And everybody said, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy, you don't know what you're talking about. And what did we hear the Democrat and Republican establishment say this year publicly? 
in the mainstream media because they were livid about Trump. They're going crazy over Hillary and Bernie. And the Republican establishment said, your vote doesn't matter. It doesn't count. We're going to pick who we want. People went crazy. They said, what? Everybody was going, we can't believe he said that. But the Hagmans and the Gallops have been telling y'all for years that that's the way they felt. That's how they did it. You know, and then the Democrats came right along because of the because of the Hillary and the Bernie Sanders thing, you know, and the super delegates and all of that, and the and the and the Democrat establishment came out. Your vote doesn't matter. We're picking who we want, and everybody went, "What? You? We can't believe this." Well, the Hagmans and the Gallops have been telling you for years we're not as crazy as y'all thought we were, are you? Uh, uh, are we? So, so the bottom line, Joe, is this. This has just been fascinating. This is the most fascinating, uh, and I think the most important, uh, presidential election in my lifetime, maybe in the recent history of our nation. Certainly the Civil War election and all that was huge too. But, but I mean, this is huge. This is huge. And, and, and Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, wow. So you got Hillary, who thinks she's going to be coronated again. She's owed that because she stepped aside for Obama last time. They cut a deal. She was Secretary of State, you know, third in line for the presidency if something happened to him. Uh, and 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 now she thinks she's going to be coronated. And then along comes Bernie Sanders with all his popularity. And now we've got the FBI doing all this email investigation, possibility of indictments coming down. Obama and the Clintons hate each other. There's all of that intrigue behind the scenes. You got Hillary health in question. Now, Joe, like you're saying, you've got polls out there saying, well, you know, if the election was held today, Bernie Sanders would win. You know, I really doubt that. I I don't see yeah. 20,000 people showing up at Bernie Sanders' rallies, but I do see them at Trump's rallies everywhere he goes. Uh, but it's way too early to, to put faith in those kind of polls. If the polls come out today and said that Donald Trump would win by 50 million votes over Bernie or Hillary. I wouldn't believe those either. So I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, it's just too early. But 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 the bottom line is there's a lot of intrigue going on among the Democrats. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think Trump probably would rather run against Hillary. In fact, I think he's just said that in the last couple of days. If I was him, I would too, because Hillary's just got so much baggage that can be just used to destroy her, and Trump's got the money and the backing to do that. Not saying, you know, Bernie Sanders is this shining, clean guy, but but I just, that that's my assessment of it. And you asked me you, other you, questions. I can't remember you, them. Yeah, well, that's okay. you, yeah. We can move on. You know what, Carl, would really, uh, I, I don't, I, I'm not shocked by this. I'm not even sure I'm that surprised by it. I, I guess this just drives the, uh, it tells me more about the Millennials and, and, the, and the younger generation. Um, uh, it, what, I, what I what I find remarkable is this visceral support for Sanders. The very same people who are supporting Sanders have an equally visceral uh, hatred of Trump. I just yeah. I, it, it it's a remarkable. Well, well, I can tell you why, because or at least this is a big reason why, because our nation has been dumbed down guys i mean sure. the, the the ones that are supporting sanders are 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 the you know the the younger the college kids well the good thing about that is they say they're supporting him but most of those don't vote 
I mean, they just don't. They just don't. I mean, they talk a good talk. They go to the rallies. They, you know, smoke their pot or drink their liquor or whatever. Not all of them do that, but you know, you, you, and and they, yeah, yeah, rah rah, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders. But they, but they don't vote. They're notorious. That age group is notorious for talking real loudly but not voting. And um, so so, but but listen, we've taken generations for about a hundred years. We've taken generations and told them there is no God. They came from a magical slime pit that 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 burst into existence without intelligent design accidentally billions of years ago and through some magic pixie dust over billions of years uh 14 billion uh, excuse me 14 million species of life burst forth uh, with all their systems and subsystems and sub subsystems all the way down to the quantum level and everything works perfectly and the laws of the universe and quantum di- uh, quantum dynamics and and thermodynamics all of that just burst into in into existence existence by accident and there is no God and you are the highest uh, level, the epitome of all that is. We've been teaching our, our children that for generations. We have dumbed them down. We've shaped our culture into an entitlement mentality. You know, I deserve $15 an hour if I'm slinging hamburgers. I deserve a free education. I deserve this. I deserve a cell phone from the government. I deserve this. I deserve that. Along comes Bernie Sanders and pats him on the head like a loving grandfather. And he smiles and he says, you deserve everything free. You are all winners. I'm going to give everybody a trophy. There are no losers, which is what they've been hearing all their life. And along comes granddaddy who says, put me in the White House and I'll give you that. Why do you? And there it why? is. And there it is. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 this has been, Carl, this has been an amazing two hours for us. I really want to thank you. We're already at the close of our program i just and we scratch the surface on a few issues and talked in detail about a number of important issues but still there's so much more we could get into i look forward to to listening to your your radio show um uh you're a fascinating guy yeah you really are definitely have a way with uh words and expressing and articulating your thoughts and what the lord has shown you uh, in a great way that comes across very um in a very intellectual yet easily understandable way and i want to say something too carl i i I have not publicly mentioned this i I guess it was just not having or really the opportunity didn't present itself be thou prepared equipping the church for persecution in times of trouble your book i have been personally blessed by it i got a copy through amazon i do i would recommend for all christians concerned about even the issue about you know is being prepared biblically uh, biblical um you address that and so much else using your combined law enforcement and ministerial experience i just want to say to the audience if you really want a a great well-rounded book by a very grounded individual be thou prepared equipping the church for persecution in times of trouble uh via amazon or just go to carlgallops.com but amazon be thou prepared uh fantastic read it was it has blessed me and thank you for writing that and i just can't wait for your your next book but um as we close i i do want to just just say that uh carl that anytime you're welcome back anytime on this program uh, to get into whatever you'd like, and certainly that 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 offer extends to any, any member of uh, the uh, Maricopa County Sheriff's uh, Department, Mike Zillow, anyone there, love to have him on, and uh, I just thank well, you for your efforts. 
Well, Doug and Joe, well, listen, let me say this about that. First of all, any of those kind things that you said about my gifts and talents and anointing, I give all praise to Jesus Christ and, 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 and his anointing over me for those. I'm, I'm, thank you. Thank you for affirming and confirming and encouraging me in those things that God has done for me. Thank you for that. Thank you also for your kind words about my latest book. God has used that. He's blessed so many people with it. You're right. I poured in my 40 years of life experience as a cop and a pastor dealing with tragedies and traumas of life for 40 years. I poured it into that book. People have been asking me dozens of questions, you know, over the years. Should I be prepared? How, how much? And I poured it into that book. Thank you for asking for for uh speaking about it and i'd love to have you guys on my show sometime soon god bless you all right absolutely thank you carl god bless thank you so much folks that'll do it for us tonight doug and joe signing off remember minuteman rocket stove minutemanstoves.com tomorrow night tom horn nita horn and of course steve quail have a good night this is the global star radio network